This podcast is a production of WCWP, LIU Post Public Radio. Check out our lineup of original programs, listen live, or support by visiting WCWP.org. This is Review and Preview on WCWPSports.org. Good evening and welcome to Review and Preview, folks. We have a very special show for you tonight on your favorite sports talk station here. I'm your host, Tom Scavetta, starring T-Master Scavs tonight. Join alongside James Montefusco, starring as Jay Fusco, and Mike Dawes, of course, starring as Lord Dawes. You ask why we have these names? We are wearing wigs in the studio. Well, me and James are, right, Mike? Almost. Almost wearing wigs. <laughs> Almost. Yep. Mike almost joined us there. Uh, man, yeah, these wigs are hot, but we'll explain why in a few moments. Remember, you can call in with your questions, thoughts, comments at our call-in number, 516-299-2030. Take part in our live show. Our phone lines will open at 510 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. And plug in our Instagram. Follow us, Review and Preview, on Facebook Live. If you have me, James, or Mike as a friend, you can follow us on our show. Uh, we'll have James tag Mike in the video shortly. And um, we are podcasting, as you know. I believe this is our, this is my 23rd show as the the official host of Review and Preview. It's been six months. So, wow. great honor to take over for Brian Marbach as he passed me the torch. And let's get right into it. The Major League Baseball trade deadline. Um as Met fans, it has us losing our hair. <laughs> and we had to purchase these wigs online because, you know, uh, because why not? Uh, there were 43 trades, guys, that took place from July 15th to July 31st. And the biggest trade, as you all know, we talked about it last week, was Manny Machado going to the Los Angeles Dodgers. I think there's no argument that that was probably the most important, biggest trade of the deadline. They got a star, and from Baltimore, the shortstop, and, you know, they exchanged five prospects for this guy, and they're tied for first with our, with uh, the Arizona Diamondbacks, so, and Colorado is just, the one, is just one game back. So, talk about the National League West, Mike, and explain to me how, and our listeners how important this Machado trade really was for this team. Uh, well, it was huge, because they lost their cornerstone in a... Uh... Corey Seager to that Tommy John surgery, I believe. And now they basically replace him with what I think is a way better player. So, I mean, they got that bat right back in the middle of the order. I mean, I think they're the best team in the West. I think they're the best team in the National League after that trade. And, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're good. Yeah. Um, now, L.A., they didn't just finish off with getting Machado. They also got Brian Dozier oh, yeah. from the Minnesota Twins, who, quite frankly— Another excellent move for them. Uh, he went three for four last night uh, and a home run in his, de- his, debut, his debut with the, uh, the, the Dodgers. And the Dodgers, you know, a lot of people are saying they were one of the losing teams at the deadline, which was shocking because they didn't get the bullpen help that they wanted. But I think they were one of the winners at the deadline because they got John Axford, uh, I believe, from, I want to say, Toronto. And, you know. Sounds about right. He's it does. he's one of the better pitchers in Toronto's bullpen, and I think he will help them out, and Kenley Jansen as well. Um, however, um, 
I think this Dodger team, top to bottom, is just so stacked that you really can't fathom like how how this team's going to end up. They're clearly going to be in the playoffs, I think, um, despite how close the National League West race is right now with three, potentially four teams. Um, speaking of the National League West, the Dodgers catcher, Yasmani Grandal, the, the guy's barely talked about. He's barely spoken about. He leads all catchers in the majors with 19 home runs. For a catcher, that's a pretty phenomenal stat it's huge. Line. Yeah. Quietly having a nice, nice power season. Yeah. Yeah. And the Dodgers beat one of the teams that also did some work at the trade deadline last night, 6-4 to in the Milwaukee Brewers. And Milwaukee did some work as well. Um, you know, they, they – um, who did they get again? They got, I want to say, they, they got, got Scoop. Moustakis. Mm-hmm. Moustakis. Yeah. And uh, Jonathan Scoop. And then they got Soria from oh, the Cubs, I yeah, think. Yeah, Joaquin Soria, yeah. Joaquin Soria. So those are the three guys that they got. I think that was huge for them. Huge. Um, yeah, they were definitely one of the winners as well. They were also contenders to get Estrubal Cabrera from the Mets, but that never happened. Um, they were contenders to get Cabrera and Zach Wheeler in a package deal. But that didn't happen. And a lot of people forget, Scoop and, Scoop and Moustakis both had 30-plus home runs last season. So, you know, that's that, I think that's very important when you're talking playoff time uh, coming along here. I think it's very important. Uh, back to the NL West for a minute. The Rockies, they activate DJ LeMahieu off the 10-day DL. I think that's a big move for them because they need him back uh, He's one of their firepowers offensively, in addition to Nolan Arenado, Charlie Blackman, those guys. They really stacked lineup top to bottom. Yeah, um, and yeah, he won a batting title. Yeah, he sure. did, yeah. Last year or two years ago? Yeah. Very recently. He's um, very good. And then you have guys hitting the DL, getting hurt. That's not good. Johnny Cueto, season-ending Tommy John surgery. This is awful news for the Giants. Uh, they're only about four or five games back in the race, I want to say, but... This is a huge blow to them. Backbreaking huge injury. Blow. Yeah. Yeah. It's really brutal stuff because at the top of that rotation, it was Bumgarner and Cueto, and that's a very good one two punch. And then you take one of those away, and that's it's yeah. really tough. He was their number two starter, which is a huge blow to them. Um, Chris Sale goes to the DL as well, the, um, the starter for the American League in the All Star game. Led the majors with 207 strikeouts. So, yeah. Quite frankly, that's pretty phenomenal. So with an important series coming up against the New York Yankees, it kind of hurts you a little bit. Yeah. Um, I think tonight's pitching matchup is a little bit lopsided in favor of the, in favor of the Yankees, I want to say. Um, I think it's Sabathia versus, um, I think, Johnson. Oh, Brian Johnson. Yeah, for Definitely Boston. favors the Yankees for sure. I think, yeah, because yeah, you look throughout the course of the weekend, the Sox have Porcello, Uvalde, and then they have um, David Price, I think, going on Sunday. Oof. So David Price. Price has been playing a lot better as of late. He's now yeah. a, now is a, an eleven and six record, and Boston right now is creating a lot of good distance from the Yankees. But look, what I don't get is this: the Washington Nationals are telling everybody that Bryce Harper is available. You're in the mix of pushing for a playoff run with two teams that. Quite frankly, came out of nowhere this season, the Phillies and the Braves. And you're looking to trade Bryce Harper? Maybe what? that's telling that they know he's walking right out that door. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, 
I'm assuming they did it. They got a couple phone calls to not like what they were getting. There's like, no, yeah. we're done. Mike Rizzo was like, never mind. Well, remember, they do have waivers at the end of this month, too. There's still some yeah. more trades that can take place, even though the deadline has passed. Um, I know the Indians were one of the teams that were interested. Um, they also require, uh, acquired Brad Hand at the trade deadline, which was big for them, I think. Um, to add that to a really solid bullpen that the Indians have with Andrew Miller as the closer, and then the, the rotation with Carrasco, Bauer, Kluber. Really solid top three. Probably the best trio oh, yeah. in baseball. They get the. I think that top three leads yeah. is the most strikeouts from a top three in any rotation. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's gear towards the AL West for a minute. A team that did almost nothing besides acquire J. Roos Familia <laughs> in the Oakland Athletics. They were very quiet at the deadline. You're pushing for a playoff spot. Yeah. You don't make any big moves. They, uh, I mean, they got Mike Fires, but you know that's nothing to shout about. Yeah. There's another body to put in that rotation. Yeah. But maybe they, I mean, maybe they just uh, want to. You know, they definitely needed that uh, Familia because now they got a three-headed monster back there. They did, yeah. But I mean, maybe they're confident in their team going forward. Familia has a zero ERA, by the way, since joining the A's. We mentioned that last week. It still stands a week later. So, quite frankly, that's very alarming if you're a Mets fan looking at that stat. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah. Yeah. Um Yeah, very very concerning, but a good a good move for the A's. They needed a relief pitcher and they got him. I think F- Familia was always more of a setup man anyway, despite uh he led the league in saves one year a couple of years back, but Yeah, and the Mets won like 80 high 80 games. Yeah. yeah. And uh I really wanted if the Mets just waited a week or 10 days to trade Familia, I think they would have got way more. Yeah. Because on the deadline, there was, the day before and the deadline, there was like four to five relievers getting traded, and Familia was better than all of them. Yeah. Yeah. So that was very tough to watch. It was. Um, the Yankees get Hap, Lynn, Britton in their bullpen as well. Um, I think that's an excellent move for them. They... They did what they had to do at the deadline, um, I think. But is it as good as what the Dodgers did or maybe the Brewers? No. I don't think Happ and Lynn put you ahead of Boston or Houston at this time. But it definitely helps. It does help because you start to find out who deserves to be on this roster come playoff time. And apparently Sonny Gray got blown up again the other day. He didn't even last three innings. He got some talent, didn't he? Lance Lynn comes in. He pitches four and a third scoreless innings. Now he's got himself a spot in the rotation. Just like that. Yeah. So, and, uh, there you go. Interesting on the uh, Lynn and, oh boy, who they just, Lynn and who? Hap. Hap, yeah. of course. Uh, they both have great numbers this year versus the Red Sox. I believe yeah. Lynn has ten innings, two runs, and Hap the same general well, area. Hap now won't play Saturday. He's now on no, a ten-day DL, day DL yeah. with, yep. get and, this, yeah. hand foot and mouth disease hanging out with Syndergaard yeah, he must have uh, <laughs> swam over from the Bronx River uh, from Queens to the Bronx excuse me yeah joining Sin- <laughs> did you see Syndergaard's tweet about it it was quite mm. funny yeah. he's yeah. like the trade no one predicted <laughs> yeah, he's, he's a good follow on Twitter how yeah. do people contract hand foot and mouth disease because quite frankly it's just it's an oddity of an injury well, most of it I think is uh, Children, right? I think it's a child's, and then you touch your mouth. Yeah, and then so like the kid probably touched Cinder, like touched his mouth or something. Of what I'm thinking, probably gave Cindergard a high five or something. Yeah, but what about your foot? You have to touch your foot and then touch your mouth. 
Since when was this a baseball DL thing? Yeah, I want to know why. Why are those three? Why is it like a trilogy? Like why is? I just I've never heard of that before this season yeah. ever. It's insane. Yeah. When you so. heard Syndergaard get it, and then now uh, Hap get it, it's like yeah. What are they like? What's going on in New York? What's in the water? Yeah. yeah that's what I'm asking. No, it, it's pretty crazy. Um, another thing, too, we got to discuss. Um, Mike Trout, Jose Altuve, you know, two big quality guys that, you know, quite frankly, um, are two contenders for the American League MVP right now, and they're both hurt. Uh, Altuve, you know, the Astros run a five-game losing streak this past week. Uh, Altuve went down, very uncomfortable dis- discomfort. Uh, Correa on the DL as well for Houston. And then Mike Trout, yeah, he had his 30th home run the other day, but the Angels are still, at best, a respectable team. And now he's day-to-day with a wrist contusion. So who knows at this point? Yeah, and I want to – I would say top three uh, MVP. It's got to be Trout, Betts, and then I would say J.D. Martinez – which has got to be a concern for the Yankees. I would think two of the three top AL MVP candidates are on the Red Sox. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, J.D., I think he has 80 RBIs, which is it's crazy. I've never seen that that quick, actually. Yeah. Um, National League, Chicago Cubs, best record. They get Cole Hamels, gets his first win. Just one unearned run, nine strikeouts. And the Brewers are now a game back of Chicago. I think this is huge. This is a huge momentum booster for the Cubs. You know, they get a good ace pitcher. Hamels came from Texas, right? And he was he, he was having an okay season. He was having a typical Cole Hamels season. And, and then this was big for them because, you know, the Brewers did some work at the deadline. And, you know, I think they really needed a guy to help out their rotation because Chris Bryant is on the DL right now. Yeah. He kind of backed. Uh, your offense kind of lo- loses a step. And, um, yeah, I just think it was a big move for them because also Pittsburgh getting uh, Chris Archer now. Uh, that trade was something else. I thought they yeah. gave up way too much. Yeah, they did. They, uh, I believe they gave up. They gave up Tyler Glasnow and Austin Meadows. Austin Meadows, yeah, And a yes. player to be named later. And one, one player names. to still be determined, yes. correct? Yeah. But those two names right there, insane. Huge. Uh, however, Archer will be making his Pittsburgh yep. debut tomorrow night in front of his hometown. Uh, good coming home story. National League Central is going to be fun to watch. So is the West. Even the East. You know, you have some good teams, but not as fun as the Central and the West. I, don't I think. agree. Uh, the West is going to be great. I yeah. think it's kind of, you're thinking e- either the Phillies or the Braves. I don't think the National League is going to take two teams from the East in the playoffs. Don't think I don't see it happening. I could see the... Uh... Cubs and Brewers, I mean, obviously, like, one of them gets the wild card for sure. Yeah. yeah. And then a West team gets the other one. Yeah. Definitely. Um, Atlanta did a lot of work as well. They're one of the two teams in the NL East. They get Kevin Gosman. They get Darren O'Day, Adam Duval. They get two other guys, Bratch and Venters as well. Yeah, they got Johnny Venters back. Johnny Venters. That, that's, that's a good move. And then oh, yeah. the Phillies, Cabrera and Wilson Ramos, an all-star. The all-star catcher for the American League dealt from yeah. Tampa Bay. That was two big pickups uh, that the Phillies got. I don't know about you, James. The, I don't think the Mets got much in return for Estrubal Cabrera. It was just a one-for-one one type of thing, no? And money. Uh, yeah, well. Of course. I mean, they, they didn't get anything back either for Familia yeah. in my eyes. So for 
to have those two guys kind of like leave, especially Cabrera, um, and get pretty much little to nothing back. Yeah. It's kind of like, all right, here we go again. <laughs> Lord Dawes, Ooh. your take on Cabrera? Well, I mean, you know, obviously expiring contract at the end of the year, but, you know, again, you saw what I believe the Brewers gave up a nice return for Scope. I, I mean, he's no Johnson Scope, but, I mean, utility guy plays – lost his mustache. Utility guy plays everywhere in the infield, and he could he could hit. I mean – it's just tough that they didn't get anything back for him, didn't get anything back for Familia. Mm-hmm. No. Tough. You would be expecting more out of the Cabrera trade right? than the Familia trade. But they did get Bobby Wall from Oakland, and he was actually called up. And awesome. why not at this point in the oh, season, yeah. you know, get, get, give them a shot, see call, what happens. Call up people. Yeah. I, I, complete, I completely agree. I think it's a good move for this team. They have nothing to lose right now. Um, to wrap up this segment, let's talk about the deadline winners and the losers. Uh, my winners, look, I have Pittsburgh, Atlanta, Philly, the Dodgers, and the Brewers. All five National League teams. Yeah, yeah. I, I think an underrated winner is, not for this season, but for seasons to come, is the Tampa Bay Rays getting Tommy Pham, who's going to play every day there, obviously. He's a the Cardinal, field. though. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and they got you know Glasnow and Meadows. I expect those guys to flourish over there. So that's that's more of a 2019-2020 type thing, yeah. which is exactly what they should be going for. So I think they had a low-key great deadline, mm-hmm. along with the teams you named, of course. So, Jay Fusco. What's up? The losers of the deadline. Oh, top one, losers. We can start with the, what's that? the Athletics. Yeah, the Athletics, my bad. The Rockies, Astros, Boston. Those are the four yeah. teams that I have down. Look, yeah, four teams. I yeah. thought the Mariners also had a bad deadline. Yeah, they didn't they just do much got either. Cameron Mabin, yeah. which you know, nice bat, but you got the A's are they at least they did something to try to catch you. Yeah, um, I can I completely agree agree with that. I've, Seattle and Oakland, they're the two teams fighting for a wild card spot with the Yankees. They didn't do anything. There, there's no movement, you know. They, at least the Yankees made some moves. It's a little surprising because you think about it, you look at this, this the Yankee team and the other two teams potentially wanting a wild card spot that will play that one game against, say, the Yankees, may get blown out. Yeah. Um, look, I'm thinking you got to take a look at the standings right now and the wild card standings. The Yankees are 30 games over 500 at 68 and 38. And then the Mariners and the Athletics are sitting there with 63-64 wins. So, substantially, you know, it could come down to the last game of the season, which is very scary. Uh, We're going to step aside for a break in just a minute. Um, National League MVP candidates, we've talked about Freddie Freeman and Nolan Arenado. They're my top two Um, in the American League. Mike Trout, and then I think Mookie Betts deserves it over Altuve. Yeah, and I checked J.D. Martinez's RBIs. He's 89, so I was wrong on the 79. Yeah. And uh, also, throwing the NL, Javi Baez had a phenomenal first half. We'll see what he does for the second half, but great first half. His OPS was whew, off the charts. Yeah, for sure. Um, on that note, we will step aside for a quick break. When we come back, we will talk about the Mets and how bad they've been performing. Part of the reason why we have wigs on tonight in the studio. And... 
we actually have a caller. Whoa, we are going to take this call before the end of this segment. And let's pick it up. Let's see who it is. Hello? This is Review and Preview. Yes, this is me. Is this Nick Barbanera? Nick, how are, how are you? Let's get you uh, let's get you hooked up into our board here so the fans can hear you back at home. All right, Nick, you are now online. Nick, um, please state where you are from and what your question is for us. I am uh, from New York. And my question for you guys is, how do you feel about the Nationals not really making any trades or moves during the deadline? Yeah, I mean, that's an, that's, a, that's an excellent question by Nick there. I definitely agree. The Nationals didn't do much. They probably should have done something. Um, there was talk about Bryce Harper. Other than that, I think a lot of their guys have been hurt this season, so it's kind of hurt their value a little bit. You know, Strasburg's yeah. been in and out of the lineup, Adam Eaton, even Murphy. So, I mean... And they actually uh, they actually traded away a reliever to they the did. Cubs, Brandon Kinsler, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. That was really the only move that they did. Um, but, Nick, uh, I completely agree. They're in trouble. You know, they're in trouble of losing their division crown. I mean, they've won the division the last couple of years. So, you know, the Phillies and the Braves are there. So, yeah, I, I don't think they're in a good spot. If I may, not only that, but I think not giving up Harper... Was a was a huge mistake, not just for this year, but really? for the future. Wow. Because I mean, Bryce Harper. You're looking, go ahead. Go ahead. Go first, Nick. Be- because you're looking at, you know, maybe a once in a generational type talent when sure. healthy. Yeah. And the things that you could have gotten in return for him would be unbelievable. Right. With them not giving, with with them not trading Harper. Or anything coming out of about them possibly re-signing him, as as you alluded to earlier in the show, you're basically waving a white flag and letting him know that he may not re-sign with you. And with a talent like that, if if you're not 100% sure that he's re-signing, then you have to move him. Yeah. And and get something back. You can't let someone of his caliber just walk. You're hitting all the nails on the point there, but I will make this counter-argument. I mean, he is just 25, and he's been the face of this team for the last three to four years, so I don't necessarily know if you want to trade him. I mean, I think what the issue is the Nationals are having trouble building around him. They have a strong rotation. They have Daniel Murphy, but for some reason, the chemistry just isn't there. Yeah, I mean, you saw a Papelbon fight. Oof. Oh, Harper, a couple years ago, and then you're seeing Scherzer scream at Strasburg this year. Terrible locker room. I mean, they're really wasting Harper. They really did waste Harper's years, actually, because it seems like it's over there for the most part. Yeah. But I think what they may be doing is, for all we know, they may be in some type of contract talk yeah. during uh, you know, the trade deadline, be like, all right, what's kind of your asking price kind of thing? They may be doing that. Mm-hmm. Or they may be like, you know what, let them walk, and we'll just work with the guys we have in mm-hmm. our farm system. So, guys, if you didn't know, Nick Barbanera has been a student here at LIU Post for the last two years. I worked with him in the sports department here for WCWP, where we broadcast our show in Brookfield, New York. Nick, any final thoughts? That's it, Tom. Thanks for the call. All right, Nick, have a, have a good night. Thank you. You as well.
That was WCWP's assistant PR manager, Nick Barbanera. When we come back, we will talk New York Mets baseball. You're listening to Review and Preview here on WCWPSports.org. One, two, three, up. Uh. My baby don't mess around because she loves me so, and this I know for sure. Good evening, and welcome back to Review and Preview, folks. I am your host, Tom Scavetta, starring as Team Master Scavs tonight. Lord Dawes, across from me, that is Mike Dawes, here again for the third straight week in the studio. And Jay Fusco, starring as James Montefusco. James, great to have you here. Your mustache is off. What happened? Yeah, it was... Uh bother me in the first segment. Did the Mets make you lose it? Yeah. The, the mustache even had to fall off. Yikes. Yikes. Yeah. Um, Big problem I'm having with all my hair. So. Yeah. You know, we uh, had to invest in these wigs last week. The Mets are making us lose all our hair. They're currently tied last <laughs> in the National League East. They have a record, a dreadful record of 44-66. and 66. Uh, Since their 11-1 start, they are 33-60. and 60. This is probably the worst juncture in franchise history uh or one of i should say they're almost as bad as the royals and the orioles um and they're right there with the white Sox as as well i mean i i think they're the worst team in the national league i think miami might have an edge up on them right now because miami's just fiery yeah the mets are just dead so i would agree with that for sure in the national league and the mets just traded as shrubal cabrera so and miami still has their star player in jt rail muto so Let's get to those Mets, Mike. They split the series over the weekend with Pittsburgh 2-2. Two to two. Zach Wheeler looked good on Sunday. We were surprised Zach Wheeler even made it to Sunday. Uh, six strong innings, shutout innings pitched, and seven strikeouts. He improves to 5-6. and six. Um, What did you think of Zach's performance on Sunday, knowing that he could be dealt any minute, but he still goes out there and he throws a gem? Yeah, it was it was great, especially against you know the red hot Pirates as they just dominated the past fifteen days. I was very stunned that the Mets took two from that four games uh, set. Very stunned, and Wheeler was great. I am actually glad they didn't trade him because just like that, you saw they didn't trade him. Mats got hurt, so you never know with pitching, especially the Mets' fragile pitching staff. I'm very glad yeah. they held on to him. With uh, Wheeler, he was pitching to see like you know what he's out. Yeah, he's out there and be like, all right, you know what? If I know I walk back at the end of this game, back in the locker room with Callaway, or somebody comes up to me and says, "By the way, you're traded." What he did, he went out there and showed whatever team he they're picking up of what he can produce. Right. Um, so I think that's what he was trying to do for sure. Part of me just thought that health was an issue. I, I really do think that was part of it, and this was a good weekend for the Mets. They faced the team that won 11 out of their last 12 games going into that series, and they split with them. They, yep. they split, and quite frankly, it was an excellent series. It was an, it was an excellent series, I thought. I mean, the, the Mets scored 12 runs the first game, I think. So, How about that? Yeah. Mostly Which scored all season. I almost believe. never happens. As usual, the, the Grom loses. But. The offense comes out when, uh, you know, it's not DeGrom. It just goes to show you how records don't mean much in this league for starting pitchers. DeGrom is 5-6. and six. He has the same record as Zach Wheeler. Hmm. I was going to bring this up. Do you think if Wheeler, uh, Wheeler if DeGrom pitches to an under 2-2-5 ERA, because under 2 is a little crazy for the rest of the season, so say he has like a 2-1-3 ERA, but he's like 6-13, and 13, can they possibly give him the Cy Young? 
I think they have to. They have to. That ERA is just man. A six and thirteen pitcher. I don't think a six and thirteen pitcher has ever won the CY Young. We'd have to go no. stat digging on that one. But well, uh, remember Felix won it with thirteen. Everyone was freaking out. Yeah. So six. Oh, I don't even know. What the old school baseball guys will be. Honestly, this Don't team is just laughable, though. I mean, they can't <laughs> give DeGrom any type of run support. He's the first pitcher to win less than seven games with a sub-two ERA in his first 21 starts and his first 20 starts. The guys get the lowest ERA in baseball, and it went up this week. It's now up to 1.82. Ooh, it's he's shaky hurt. now, you know. Yeah. Yeah. He's been pitching better than Severino. Severino passed four starts. Yikes. Yeah, he yeah. has been yeah. dreadful. Um, is he getting a start? First Boston this weekend? I didn't yes. get to check. Yes, oh, okay. he will be getting a start. Um, but back to the Mets here. DeGrom is starting on Friday, tomorrow. I will be at that game. Ooh. Yeah. Um, you going there? Yep, unfortunately. <laughs> Better bring that wig with you, bud. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what shocked me, though, at the deadline was Familia and Cabrera were the only two players dealt. And the Mets were supposed to be sellers. You know, Messerocco and Batista and Zach Wheeler were all safe. All three of them, and we thought those three would go. Um, honestly, I was hoping Wheeler and Cabrera would be a package deal. They didn't get, you know, if they put them together. The problem is when you put Zach Wheeler in a package deal, a lot of teams start to get scared because it happened three years ago with Wilmer Flores. It just didn't work. His health has always been a concern. I don't know if that was it this time around, but I don't see why Milwaukee didn't take the bait on that deal. I mean, it had to be something with Zach Wheeler, you know? Because Estrubal Cabrera, his last couple of games as a Met were crazy. In his three years here, he's been a great player. Yeah. He had 18 home runs, 58 RBIs this season as a Met. That led the Mets in both batting average, home runs, and RBIs. So, <laughs> speaks for itself. Yeah, it had to be something with Zach Wheeler. Maybe um, it was uh, the Mets just not willing to give him up. I mean, I, I don't know, obviously. Well, look, when you have three GMs running the front office, nothing's going to get done. That's probably part That's of the reason point. why. You know, they're dealing all these people with expiring contracts, but no, nobody has their front – No, nobody has their head on straight. At this point, put the three GMs on the DL Yeah. for brain, <laughs> for brain damage. I mean, yeah. come on. Yeah, and the rumor is that basically Jeff Wopon's the GM as, as of right now, which is oh, not good, no. as oh, we so all now know. we got four. And then, four, yeah. yeah. Why don't they just start flipping heads and tails at that point? Yeah, Honestly, let's do it. I mean, 50-50, <laughs> that's good odds. I mean, look, at, at Tuesday night, you basically flip the coin between all your position players who would start the eighth <laughs> inning over Paul Seawald, who's not ready because your AAA team is on the other side of the darn country. Well, they wanted to, I swear they wanted to save Seawald for the second time that's happened this year. Yeah. They had Chris Flexen, who took four flights to get there, just to be dealt back 48 hours later. Stupid. Good thing it's the last year of the Vegas thing. They're oh, going to Syracuse. Yes. I can't wait. Syracuse next year, I mean, tw- 2019, man. Maybe two hours up. Yeah, so Syracuse. now the, the, Syracuse is about four, 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 yeah. four, four and a half, depending on traffic. Uh, but still, you, you can at least take a bus ride or like a 45 to an hour flight instead of like a five-hour flight, two or three different planes. Going through like flight. two time zones? I'm not a time zone guy, but I'm pretty sure it's a lot of time zones from Vegas to New York. Yes. Yeah. Pretty, pretty sure. Crossing <laughs> Mountain, yep. Central. Eastern? Eastern. So, yeah, that's three different time zones. Well, you're landing in Eastern. Yes. Yeah. That's tough. Yeah. And then, look, Familia gets dealt to the A's. Bobby Wall, who was one of the two players in return for Jay Roos, uh, he got called up this morning. He was raking in AAA his arm. Excuse me. He was 
throwing lights out. 14.6 strikeouts per nine innings. This guy That's seems great. to be the real deal. At 26 years old, look, Jeff McNeil, another 26-year-old. He came up, he did his thing. So far, he's done it well. Maybe Bobby Walls, Sammy, helps his bullpen out, especially after Tuesday night. Bullpen needs a lot of room. Look, I mean, 25-4, to that doesn't just happen. That doesn't just happen. There, there is something wrong when you lose twenty-five to four. This, uh, <laughs> it was nineteen nothing in the fifth. Look, <laughs> wasn't it seven nothing when uh, they took oh, yeah. Matt's out after a half of an inning? Yeah, I think got two outs. Right, why do you let your starting pitcher go even that long and let up seven runs? Callery should have known what he should have really looked on the field and be like. None of these guys can even score two runs a game. So. We are in August now, right? Let's go Good back. Round. Let's let's go back 23 years. August 1995. That was the last time a National League team ever scored 25 runs in a game. I was 6 days old. 5 actually. Wow. I mean that's that's insane. My birthday, stat. I turned 23 this past Saturday, so 23 years and like 4 days it happened on the 1st. No, July 31st it happened. Yeah, it happened remember, two, uh, two days ago. And early last year when Syndergaard tore his lat in Washington, they lost that game 21-5, to I oh believe, when Rendon had like 10 RBIs. I believe so. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> the Mets stink at Nationals Park. awful. Like 25-4, to four, like I've kept saying so far, it doesn't just happen. Uh, well, they could have lost 25-1 to one if it wasn't for a home run. The three-run ninth inning with... Uh, what was it? Austin Jackson had a two-run Austin bomb. Jackson, yeah. yeah, I remember Austin Jackson. He was supposed to be the next best thing with the Tigers and then the Yankees. But I mean, look, this is just bad, man. The Mets—that was their worst loss in franchise history. I mean, at this point, if you're going to perform like that, just sell the team. Really? I'm being yeah. serious. Look, seven nothing in the first inning. Seven nothing. Matt's got rocked. Rocked. Wilmer Flores walks off the field feeling dizzy. He just walks off. He literally <laughs> walked off so nonchalantly. Because when does that happen? Like, it's the Mets. That that, that shows there's there's no respect for the manager here. I think if you're just walking off the field like that. Well, look, if there's a GM, I don't think Callaway is going to stay. I I I was just going to say I think this loss was so embarrassing. I I think it might have been his last season anyway. But, I mean, I don't know. I think they're really going to get rid of him because they're going to have to bring in a real GM. This GM's going to look at him and say, I didn't hire this guy. I want my own guy. Okay. Got to bring in whoever the GM wants. Let's go over the I'm time su- lapse of this game. James, go ahead. I'm surprised the manager wasn't even fired. Hmm. I came home. I actually watched. I saw uh, the new Mission Impossible movie, and Tom texted me. He's like, oh, you should turn on the game. Or he Snapchatted me the score, and I threw on the game. And I'm like, Wow. Um, and then I talked to my dad the next day. I'm like, you see the score? He's like, yeah, he's surprised that the manager wasn't fired that same night. That'd be, that's like George Steinbrenner firing Billy Martin like five times. <laughs> I would have loved that. 7 nothing in the first inning. 19 nothing in the fifth inning. That's, that's hard to do in a video game. They scored, <laughs> yeah, exactly. They, they scored six <laughs> runs in the sixth inning. The, the, and the Mets scored three in the ninth after trailing 25-1. And the worst part about it was Dan, was Daniel Murphy was the primary source of offense. The guy goes three for six, mm. six RBIs. He raked that night. Two home runs. He's, he's hitting over 380 versus the Mets since they got rid of him. He's incredible. And I'm, I'm sorry, Tommy Rourke, let's talk about this guy. This pitcher is 4-12 and 12 coming into this game. 4-12, and 12, ERA over four, 
You're telling me you can't do better than that? Tommy Rourke, seven innings pitched, one run, four hits, seven strikeouts. And let's keep in mind, Rourke went two for four with three RBIs. Since when does a pitcher get three RBIs in a game? Well, Tom, I mean... If you're not Otani. Good point. Do you (laughs) see the... The offense we put out oh, every night. The, 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 the lineup is disgusting. <laughs> that's why they disgusting. Get, that's why they didn't get any runs. And then, I mean, man, the, I'm the, I'm speechless right now. How about uh, Drew Storen throwing his glove after the Jackson home run yeah. and just being an idiot and then got DFA'd the next oh, day? Yeah, you see him arguing with the second base umpire yeah, too. Yeah, I mean, because <laughs> he was pitching too fast for the Mets yeah. players. And and the game. Do, do us a all point. a favor. End the game faster. You shouldn't be complaining if you're a Nats player. Every Nationals player who went up to bat got a hit. Yeah. Every single player. Wow. I wonder when the last time that's happened. Um, the coach could have probably even got a hit. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. And then <laughs> Good points here by James. The, the, only <laughs> sa- the only saving grace of this game was that Jeff McNeil hit his first career home run in the seventh inning, and it was so overshadowed by the 25-4 loss. Yeah, uh, the Mets tweeted out later in the day, like, yeah, yeah, we know we lost, but here's Jeff McNeil's first home run. I thought that was very funny. I, <laughs> I, I got to go over every pitcher. Steven Match has had an awful week. He, he came out of this game getting hurt. Uh, he, had an, he had an MRI. Luckily, there was no damage to his forearm. Uh, Mats gave up seven runs, eight hits, and two-thirds of an inning. Will Mats go to the DL? I'm not too sure. Mickey Calloway called it a quote-unquote dead arm. Then you go to the DL. Quite frankly, why are you throwing him out there then? Why are you putting him in that position? I mean, you see, I mean, it's not just seven runs and two-thirds of an inning doesn't just happen. There's something mentally or physically wrong when that happens. And why do you let him go for seven runs? After three or four, you're starting to scratch your head. What the hell? What's going on? The first inning, the Nationals played small ball. They didn't hit. They didn't even hit a home run. They scored seven runs. They just got base hits. That's all. That's all they did. <laughs> all solid contact, which shows you Matt's is clearly something off. Yeah, <sighs> which quite frankly, that should have s- s- explained it right there. Oh, and let's talk about Jacob Rame. Oh, he's gone up and down this season. He's he's another guy. Uh, six runs, seven hits, two home runs, <laughs> over two innings. His ERA is now at eight. Tim Peterson, who just got sent down, him and Bashler got knocked for three runs each. Peterson is now down. He was supposedly one of the bright spots of the bullpen a couple weeks ago. And then Jose Reyes. Can we? Is it too early for the Cy Young? Oh my! <laughs> I think Jose Reyes should win. I, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, it might be too early to give him it, but but he he looks like a clear front runner right now. Jose Reyes, <laughs> who in the off season lives right down the road over here. Oh, he yeah, lives, I see, I see uh, well, his car. You and uh, like, yeah. Lord Dawes and Chris Klim have seen Jose Reyes, I'm sure, in person before. They've seen his car or around, oh, yeah. right? Well, I've seen his car, yeah. But you guys are Not Glenn, cool are Glenn Cove kids. Um, ooh, and the Mets lineup just came out tonight. Uh, we'll, please we'll don't get, We'll it. get to that in just a moment. Uh, Jose Reyes, at 35 years of age, makes his major league pitching debut. And Reyes actually passed the comment a few years ago. He wants to play center field for one inning and make one pitching appearance before he retires. All right, well, there's your pitching. I think I think he's done both. I think he played center field for an inning last year. I'm not too sure. Well, yeah, I remember uh, they were training in this spring training to play center. Yeah. <laughs> I would love it. I mean, just put it. 
Put anyone anywhere at this point. Let's go. Jose Reyes threw the most pitches out of any Mets pitcher that night. He was throwing. He was side-arming. 54, I want to say. 45 mile an hour pitch? Yeah, I was going to say his pitches range from 45 to, I think, 85 miles an hour. 85 for that first one. Yeah. That's when you're trying to dunk the guy at City Field. That's how fast those people are throwing. (laughs) That's a good point. (laughs) Why don't you throw one of them in the game if that's what you're going to do? What I was shocked about, Reyes actually had a decent repertoire of pitches. He had like two or three pitches. His curveball, I mean, but still, 48 pitches, six runs, two homers. His ERA is 54. That's probably going to be his final major league career ERA at 54. Did you see whose glove he was using? Wait a minute. Are you assuming the Mets don't get blown out by 20 again this year? Oh, I would would hope not. I mean, things do come in threes, right? They've given up 20-plus runs twice this year. Um, One more in us. Did did you see? Well, the two home runs he gave up were to Matt Adams and Mark Reynolds. My question is this. What was wrong with Paul Seawald? Was it? jet lag coming over from Vegas, or was he just not ready to enter the game? Maybe just didn't even want to throw him in the fire. Who knows? But I, I think mean, they wanted to save keep him for? him for the next day. Yeah, which which is sounds ridiculous now. We're saying, oh, we'll save him for the next day. Yeah, it does sound pretty ridiculous to me. Reyes threw more pitches than any pitcher, and then he hit Ryan Zimmerman. Remember that? Oh, that he hit great. Zimmerman, and then there was a video of it on social media. He fakes charging the mound. That was great. Smiles at him. That was a good laugh, though, in yeah. that game. Yeah, well, I've Ryan, Ryan Zimmerman's a very comical guy. Yeah, I've never, never seen anyone get hit in the right leg, batting righty with a curveball. That was interesting. <laughs> did you see uh, what glove he, Reyes was using to pitch? Oh, I did not. DeGrom's. Oh, it didn't work. No, <laughs> it didn't probably work. like, DeGrom, I need your glove. I need some magic out there. And it was like, Oh, yeah. man, DeGrom should probably burn that glove. Yeah. I'm surprised. Well, no, I'm not surprised. <laughs> Look, what was even more crazy about this was look um the next day reyes hits two home runs the next day on wednesday uh thor returned from the dl Syndergaard made his start Syndergaard he actually had a decent game he pitched seven innings three runs six hits four strikeouts he took the loss dropping a six and two and and the nats won five to three but it wasn't a bad outing you know todd frazier is going to be activated off the dl Mm -hmm. soon possibly today um, I think Corey Oswalt may come back up for Mats if he goes down. But, I mean, you're looking at the start by Syndergaard. It wasn't bad. They sent Peterson down. And before we get to Reyes, Syndergaard's counterpart yesterday, familiar name, Tommy Malone. Tommy Malone. Mm-hmm. Ex-Met. This is where the yeah. offense is just inexcusable. Tommy Malone, seven innings pitched, one run Three hits, nine strikeouts. Uh, nine strikeouts. Tommy Malone. Former Met. Tommy freaking Malone. Yeah, it's tough. <sighs> Again, you look at Good the lineup Lord. they produce. That was his first one of the season, his second start. <laughs> Seems Yeah, no, this is, this is bad, I would say. I, I I my cousins in the West Coast were waking up. This, this game started early, around noon or 1 o'clock in the afternoon, like 9, 10 a.m. Tommy Malone. On the mound, no hits through three innings. Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, uh, Syndergaard gave up. I, I have my fantasy team, so I was watching uh, in, uh, in close. Gave up three runs in the first three and then got 12 pathetic. out in a row. Absolutely pathetic. But, uh, I mean, rough. Tommy Malone. Rough. Tommy mm. Malone. That was his uh, career uh, high in strikeouts, by yes. the way. An X-Man. Yeah. Ooh, I like that stat, Mike. Yep. Or Lord Dawes, Ooh. I should say. To give away my identity. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Quick question for both of you. Sure. If this blowout wasn't at 
Washington, if it was at City Field, do you think fans, you think by the fifth inning there would be nobody there, or do you think half the City Field would have been on fire and trash? I think at a certain point it gets comical. So, I mean, I would stay for the whole thing because that's just, that's just so funny. But I think at like 13 nothing, they probably checked out and got out of there. Lord, <laughs> now when you're at home watching a, a, a Mets game, at this point when they're losing this bad, you just laugh at your TV. Like it, it, it's it, it's not even like sad anymore. It's just funny. It, yeah, no, I mean it is tough. sad, but it, it's more funny at this point because you're. you're just, it's like instead of crying, I'm laughing. Right. You know, that's whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but when I turn, I actually turned it off when it was thirteen nothing. Kept getting the alerts that it got to nineteen. It's like, well, gotta tune in for this historic <laughs> event. And then you know. It was great. It was great TV from 19 nothing on. It was very entertaining. The next day was pretty historic as well, and we'll explain why. Jose Reyes, he did hit two home runs on Wednesday, as we were about to say. Guys, that's the first player in the modern Major League era to give up two home runs one night and then hit two home runs the following day. The only player to other player to do that was Hall of Famer Cap Anson. Classic Anson. Who played for the Chicago White Stockings. Guys, he gave up two home runs one night, and he hit three dingers the following day in August of 1884. Remember, like it was yesterday. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I don't even know if our great grandparents were alive yet. Mm-hmm. Probably not. I, that, that is an insane stat. I, I love insane stats, and that was it. I mean,. That was a fun fact. As Chris would say, that's a good fun fact fun by fact. T-Master Scott yeah. in the studio. You are listening to Review and Preview. Remember, you can call in with your questions, thoughts, comments, 516-299-2030. Give us a buzz. And, yes, Jason Glickman, we do hear. <laughs> Jason was laughing when it was 6 nothing. So, hmm. Jason, a good friend of mine uh, from Long Island. Now, before we uh, advance any further, Let's talk about the four-game homestand coming up against the Braves, coming off a 25-4 loss and a trip back up to City Field. No better way to start it than Jason Vargas of course. on oh, of the mound course. tonight against Fultonovich. Oh, I can Mike, never pronounce Mike his last name. Mike Fultonovich. Yes, that will be tonight. Fultonovich is seven and seven this season, so he's been mm. up and down, but his his ERA is pretty decent. 3.04. Yeah, he's, he's a nice pitcher. Very nice. I'll be seeing DeGrom tomorrow night, 5-6, and six, and that 1.82 ERA, and they'll be <laughs> best, versus Anibal Sanchez on Friday. Zach Wheeler pitches on Saturday against Kevin Gaussman, recently acquired. Braves debut. No starter has been named for Sunday. Well, it would have been Matt. That would have been Matt. Who will it be? Who will start on Sunday? <laughs> they'll probably... Uh, Oswald? Yeah, well, I was going to say, they'll probably start Jacob Ream and then go to the second inning with someone else. Blevins. Yeah, the Blevins day. <laughs> the Blevins day. That was also was that Sunday. That game. Yeah, it was oh, at that game, unfortunately, where Muncie and Kike went back-to-back to start the game. Yeah. Uh, they just pull somebody out of their staff or somebody that works like, there and be like, you look like you can pitch. Come yeah, on. Like, yeah, come exactly. On. Yeah. Um, any thoughts on this series? Like, Do the Mets get swept this weekend? I'm going to uh, say no. It's tough to sweep four, even when you're playing the Mets. Yeah. Especially when the one team is home. I think they'll get, I mean, you would think DeGrom would be Anibal Sanchez. That's what I was just going to say. You Don't forget think. about uh, Sean Newcomb as well. I'm not sure if he's Ooh. pitching this weekend. Uh, I think originally he was supposed to go against Wheeler. I'm not sure if that's still the case. Guzman, Guzman is pitching. Gossman? Yeah. yeah. 
against Wheeler. Um, yeah, I, so I mean, that's, it's Newcomb pitches auto win for the Braves. He is yeah. nasty. Yeah, Newcomb is not pitching in the series because Turayan will be pitching on Sunday. Yeah. Oh, and he kills the Mets. Yeah, he's he, a Met killer. He <laughs> Julio Tehran is crazy. Julio Tehran. Yeah, I think the Mets will miss him. So, all right, the two pitchers, I the two games I see us winning is Degrom or Wheeler. Yeah, agreed. Probably Wheeler because the Mets well, offense. Well, I don't know if like Wheeler's going to do too well because that that's Brace could hit. Kevin Gosman making his debut. Yeah, that's yeah, an excellent point. Trip. But Wheeler has been pitching well as of late, so we will see. On that note, we're going to step aside for a quick break. Breaks are running ninety seconds long tonight. You're listening to Review and Preview here on WCWPSports.org. This is Review and Preview on WCWPSports.org. <laughs> Good evening, and welcome back to Review and Preview, folks. I am your host, Tom Scavetta. Join alongside Jay Fusco as James Montefusco, Lord Dawes as Mike Dawes. No Chris Klim tonight here in the studio. Some hand, foot, and mouth disease for Chris Yes, he is suffering from hand, foot, and mouth disease as well. We are suffering from hair loss here in the studio. Me and James, we are wearing wigs um, from those Mets. <laughs> we'll probably take him off next segment or something. <laughs> Let's get to the... New York Yankees. Um, a much brighter note, the Yankees are 68-38, and 38, second in the American League East. They are five and a half back of the Red Sox, though, so trying to catch Boston to avoid that wild card game. Um, and the Yankees are very historic year for them as well. They are on a pace to break the home run record for a team in a season. The record is 264 home runs in a season hit by the Seattle Mariners back in 1997, through 106 games in 2018, the Yankees have hit 170. They are close. They are 94 home runs away. Oh, so doable. And it's August. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah it's August. Two, two full months left, uh, not including the playoffs. And two of the guys that have stepped up lately, you know, Judge went to the DL last Friday, the day before I was supposed to go to the game that was rained out. He joins Gary Sanchez on the DL. Gary Sanchez has been struggling really bad. But Miguel and Duhar and ex-Met Neil Walker have picked up the slack. Uh, they've both been really hot, and Duhar has been hitting over 300 over his last 30 games. I think last week he was hitting like 520, 524 for his last seven games. Very incredible stat line there. Um, Zach Britton uh, acquired for bullpen help. In my opinion, the Yankees have the best bullpen in baseball. Oh, the, the depth is yeah. unbelievable. Chapman, um, Britton, Chad Green, Jonathan Holder. David Robertson. David Robertson. Um, Sonny Gray. Lance Lynn <laughs> Which was is in the bullpen, good, yeah. but now Son- Sonny Gray takes Lynn's spot in the bullpen. I saw something interesting, maybe to send down Sonny Gray and keep him as a starter then call up Tommy Canley, who's had a great month and a half True. of late. That might be. So that, that could be a move. To keep getting we'll Sonny Gray some starting reps. Yeah. And don't forget about Dylan Batances. Oh, I cannot believe I did forget about it. He him. didn't give up a hit in like a one-month span from like yeah. June to July, which was pretty incredible. Um, crazy. But the Zach Britton trade, yes, he led the American League with 47 saves in 2016, and he comes over from the Baltimore Orioles in exchange. The Orioles get Dylan Tate, Cody Carroll, and Josh Rogers. Cody Carroll actually pitched for Baltimore against the Yankees this week. I believe he pitched yesterday. He had one shutout inning. Um 
The Yankees also get J.A. Happ from Toronto, bringing his double-digit win record uh, for Billy McKinney and Brandon Drury. Now, this trade went live during our show last week. This happened as the show was going on. And I'm not a fan of the Yankees giving up all these top prospects, but they're trying to get pitchers to win now. But these pitchers are old. Uh, Lance Lynn, I think he's 30 maybe, and J.A. Happ is 35. I mean, yes, you get some good bullpen help in Zach Britton, but, uh, you know, it's very interesting to see what's going to go on. And, you know, you know, it's very, it's very alarming. And um, a good point was just brought up by one of our listeners that texted me here. Severino has not been pitching well. And what happens if, Sever- if, if Severino gets hurt? Do you trust Tanaka starting the wild card game, or do you go to the bullpen? Because, you know, at this point, you're probably, since the Yankees have, now they have five solid starters without Sonny Gray, which that kind of hurts them a little bit. Uh, do you go to a four-starter rotation in the playoffs? You know, this is a similar situation that the Mets were in three years ago when they were going to the playoffs. Two to three years ago, they had six solid guys, and Bartolo Colon pitched out of, out of the bullpen, or J- Jonathan Neese pitched out of the bullpen. Um, yeah, I remember that like it was, <laughs> was yesterday. Funny. It was pretty insane, but uh, Drury was a good guy, and then the Yankees get Lynn for Tyler Austin, and uh, I think his name is Luis Rijo. Uh, a, 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 relief, a relief pitcher from the minors. But look, Tyler Austin was good for them when they started the season. And Greg Bird has been very inconsistent at first base. He's been hurt. He's, he's not durable. Ty, Tyler Austin could have potentially been their first baseman of the future. And this is huge. I understand Greg Bird is young. He's only 25, 26 years old. But the guy can't, he can't stay in the lineup. He can't stay on the field. This is... This is very concerning. This really is. I mean, you look at the big picture here. The pitching is the issue right now. It really is. And, you know, I've got to say, the Yankees got rid of Warren as well to the Seattle Mariners for future uh, cash considerations. And, yeah, so the Yankees did a lot of work at the deadline. They got three pitchers. So, Ryan Cashman doing his thing. And they brought up Shane Robinson in replacement of Judge. So let's talk about um, their past week. Sabathia bobblehead night was rained out. They made it up with the doubleheader on Saturday. Luis Severino, another awful start. He falls the 14-4 and four on the season. He lasted just four and a third. Very surprising. I mean, is Severino just in, like, a drought right now? Or could his, you know, could he be starting to get tired? Ooh, tired arm would be bad news. Yeah, it would. Maybe, Especially for this team. Yeah, and maybe if like he gets rocked by Boston, maybe they like DL him because you know we've seen a ton of teams do that for people that have the last like five bad starts. Right. And that would be that'd be dangerous because then you have to bump Sonny Gray back into rotation that already had Lance Lynn. Yeah. That's not good. For, right. And then they would never catch the Red Sox at that point. Yeah. Also, don't forget Jay Fusco. How um. <laughs> how Terry Collins managed the bullpen a couple uh the starting rotation I mean a, co- a couple of years ago he skipped guys right and is it, this something the Yankees you know this is the first year manager in Aaron Boone so they may have to visit that option I think the Yankees are in trouble come playoff time I don't know cuz Boston's been very strong Houston's going to get back on track you have two up and coming teams in Seattle and Oakland I really don't know the Yankees might be the last team in the playoffs if this keeps up. Because you lost Judge and Sanchez at the wrong time. 
If they want to start skipping starters, you start now. Severino gave up six runs, eight hits, and four and a third innings pitched. They lose the first game, but they win the night cap of the doubleheader five to four. Um, J.A. Happ pitched on Sunday, but Sabathia pitched the second game Saturday night. Um, and then Happ pitched Sunday. He got the win. So the Yankees took three out of four from the Royals, but Happ contracts hand, foot, and mouth disease. Hmm. That's very tough after you just traded for him. And you told me right before we went live, he is now on the on the disabled list. ADL, yeah. yes. So Saturday's starter is now unknown. Yeah, and he only missed starter two, but so Sonny Sonny Gray loses spot in the rotation. You got to assume he may be right back in the rotation after that. Uh, with Hap going to the DL, does Tommy Canley come up? This is another option as well. Luis Sessa, yeah. I think, is back up, so he may get a start Saturday. The Yankees had six strong, well, not six strong, but five strong, and then a sixth yeah. spot yeah. starter. Six, in six Sonny quality, Gray. I'd say. Yeah. yeah. But Sunday before Hap gets hurt, he got the win. Six innings pitched. He just gave up one run in his Yankee debut. 6-3 win against the Royals. He got his 11th win, but, you know, it's all to, nu- to null avoid now because he goes down, unfortunately. Yeah, and uh, if Yankee fans are thinking Justice Sheffield's going to come up and save it, his he has not had a good Absolutely month not. in no, uh, no. AAA, I believe he's in. He's, he struggled. Yeah. Um, look, the problem wasn't this weekend. Besides Hap getting hurt, it was this week. Yeah, they split with the Orioles. You go, Oof. you win only four out of six. You win only four out of six games. You go four and two against two of the worst teams in baseball. Those are teams you have to beat up on. You I'm sorry. need at worst to win five out of six. At worst, and they got incredibly lucky they didn't get swept on Saturday because yeah. Greg Bird saved them on Saturday night with a late home run. They were down. On Saturday night, I mean, they were incredibly lucky to take three out of four from the Royals, and they got very lucky that uh, Masahiro Tanaka had a gem on Tuesday. Again, yeah. another shutout start, six shutout innings, eight Ks, and Duhar with a three-run bomb. Oh, he gets he gets extra base hits. That was his first home run at, as hot as he's been. That was his first home run since June 29th against the Red Sox, <sighs> who the Yankees mm. will play starting tonight, four-game series over the weekend. Um, yeah, and the Yankees lose seven to five yesterday. Uh, Lance Lynn relieved Sonny Gray. That's how they swapped um, spots in the rotation. Gray just pitched two and two thirds. He did not look good. Um, but what was more disappointing in this game, despite Lynn pitching four and a third shutout, shutout innings, was the Yankees' offense. Guys, Alex Cobb was a two and fourteen pitcher. He's the worst starter in baseball, <laughs> easily, and. Alex Cobb giving up just one run over six innings pitched, that's a huge problem. Where is Giancarlo Stanton? Where is Didi Look, can't even pronounce his name because I'm so disgusted with him right now. He's not producing in fantasy. Well, we alluded to this earlier. Hicks? I don't know. You know, it's it's alarming. And and Duhar is literally the whole offense right now. Glaber Torres just came back from injury. We what said, are your thoughts, Fusco? We said this earlier in the season, and well, earlier in the summer too, that we figured something like this was going to happen eventually. Yeah. You get all these guys that can hit, can hit, can hit, and then all of them get colds, 
And you got one guy hot. He can't do everything. Yeah, you can't is. have everyone cold at the same time. You're yeah. definitely right. This yeah. is what that team's going through at this moment. Yeah, rough. And I bet they did not expect to get no production from first, which is a general big production position, yes. and nothing from catcher, another big production position. That's, that's two huge things. And that Sonny Gray trade, that looks really bad now because Dustin Fowler is helping the A's every day try to get that wild card spot. Yeah. Agreed. Um, look, this is alarming because you also – we talked about Cody Carroll for the Orioles too, and not just Alex Cobb, but Cody Carroll, a prospect the Yankees just traded. He, the Yankees went 1-2-3 against them in the one inning he pitched in the exchange for Zach Britton. So the Yankees traded a lot of these prospects. Gray gets pulled. Puts the Yankees in a 5-0 hole in the second inning. I asked, will he lose his spot? Well, he already did. But now you're setting up the series this weekend against the Red Sox, and they don't look good at all. Thank goodness Chris Sale is on the DL. Huge miss that you're not going to see Chris Sale. Yeah. Huge. And Eduardo Rodriguez still hurt. Two huge lefties are missing. And the Yankees lose Hap, though, because you're looking yeah. at ben, ben Attendee, Bogarts, and Betts have awful numbers against Hap. Awful. That's why they traded for him. That's why they traded for him, but he won't pitch. Uh, tonight it'll be Sabathia. Uh, Sabathia carries a 6-4 and four record, ERA around 3-5. Uh, he will be pitching against Brian Johnson. Luis Severino pitches tomorrow night against Rick Porcello. That's an excellent pitching matchup. Even though Porcello has an ERA over 4, he has 13 wins. So Red Sox. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They hit all right. They do. Um and he becomes really the ace of the rotation now without Chris Sale, you know? Yeah, he's the next guy in line. And you talked about they lost Eduardo Rodriguez as well, kind of the reason why Brian Johnson is getting yep. a start. And also Stephen Wright hurt. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Severino versus Porcello tomorrow. Saturday was supposed to be Hap against Yavaldi, who the Red Sox acquired via trade. And the Red Sox did some work at the deadline, too. They got Nathan Yavaldi from the Rays. Ian Kinsler, I want to say from Texas, Sounds or about right. Min- Minnesota, Texas, one oh, of those uh, two. Angels, Angels, yeah, yes. And then I think they he was got, on all those teams, though. He was, and yeah. then they got um, who was the third guy they got? Pierce. Oh, Stephen Pierce. Stephen yes. Pierce, yes. And they got he's, him. He's I think nice they stick. got him from Baltimore. I would say Baltimore, or Toronto. Yeah, definitely AL East. Tur- but yeah, I mean. Tur- Toronto sounds right now that you bring mm. it up. Um, look. And then Sunday you got Tanaka. Tanaka's been the best pitcher the past few weeks for the Yankees, hands down. And our former co-host Tommy Mack actually made fun of Tanaka early on in the season. He was a pitch away from throwing his arm off. You know, yeah. he was a great pitcher, but you know, stuff happens. And he's going to go against David Price, a much improved David Price from earlier on this season. But against the Yankees lineup, he's not been very successful. The Yankees have smashed him ever since he was in Tampa. Yeah. I mean, I don't think he's had one good start. Uh, first the Yankees. No, he I really has don't not. Think so. He's gotten blown up, and the Yankees lead the season series against Boston five to four. So that's something to keep an eye on. Um, our la- my my last question here in this Yankees segment, with Luis Sessa getting recalled on Wednesday, is he the backup option for Hap on Saturday, or is it Sonny Gray? I don't think it's Sonny Gray because he just pitched yesterday. So yeah, it can't be Sonny Gray. Probably yeah. Sessa. Yeah, yeah, I'd say Sessa. I think it'd be a very short leash. Get to that bullpen. I don't think you want to start Lynn only because Lynn pitched over four innings yesterday. So that's basically kind of like a start, I guess, half a start. Yeah, a maybe, yeah, maybe they do Lynn for like two, Sessa for like two, and then just go Jonathan Holder, all those guys. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. That may be more of a bullpen dick, uh, game for them. Yeah, so they better get length from uh, 
from the CC and Seve before. Yeah, that'd be big. Any final thoughts on these Yankees guys? I mean, they got to get healthy. They get Judge back. That lineup is so different. Everything yeah. changes when he's in the lineup. And they don't need to stay cold. All um, of them at once. Yeah. No. Absolutely. They need Aaron Judge back. They yeah, really for do. sure, for sure do. On that note, we're going to step aside for a quick break. When we come back, we will preview the big games, and then we will go over our team of the week. We'll actually do that first and then preview the big games in baseball tonight. You're listening to Review and Preview here on WCWPSports.org. Review and Preview. Good evening and welcome back to Review and Preview here on WCWPSports.org through the MyWCWP app. I'm your host, Tom Scavetta. And James, the wig has come off. No more Jay Fusco, huh? Yeah, no more. It was, it was starting to bother me. Yeah. Getting too warm up there. Well, I still have my wig on here. Team Master Scavs and Lord Dawes starring as Mike Dawes. <laughs> exactly, Mike, yeah. Great to have you back here. <laughs> Uh, it is the top of the hour, 6.08, or eight minutes past the top of the hour. So now it is our, it's one of my favorite blocks of the show, Team of the Week. Um, obviously with the trade deadline, NBA free agency, NFL training camp, there's a lot of teams out there that have done a lot of good, some bad. Um, so let's go over our Team of the Week. We will start with Mike. All right, my team in a week, the Milwaukee Brewers. Before dropping a game last night, they won seven of the last nine. And they also, as we went over, traded for Jonathan Scope, Mike Moustakas, Joaquin Soria. And they are one game behind the Cubs. So I think they could actually surpass the Cubs, and with weeks like that, yeah. they will do it eventually. James? Mike, you stole mine. Oh, it's all good, though. I'm the worst. Um, But I'm... Glad I had a backup. I was going to do baseball, but I'm going to go football. Um, hate to say it, but the Jets at this time. Only the reason, because there's good quarterback potential there between McCowan, Bridgewater, and Darnold. Great pick. After, him, after they signed Darnold. Um between every, what I've been hearing all over, oh, they should start uh, McCowan, they should start Darnold, they should start Bridgewater, whatever they may start, I see it, it's good f- for um, a quarterback quarterback potential fight to the end of the preseason, starting yeah. the season, just because you have at least two good guys and a potential great draft pick you guys got Yeah, yeah. that you got to see what all three of them have. Yeah, it should be a fun competition yeah. for sure. So my team of the week is the Phillies mm-hmm. out of the National League East. The Struble Cabrera acquired excellent hitter. Uh, probably could have passed for an all-star reserve. And then Wilson Ramos trading for an all-star catcher. You're trading for two quality guys to add to that lineup. Much needed the bulk in that lineup. You know, with Dubal Herrera, Reese Hoskins, they have a lot of guys right now. They're pitchers. You got Jake Arrieta, Eric Nola, who's been really good. Uh, they have veterans on that team. I think they're a little bit more. I mean, they're a little bit younger than most of the major leagues, but they're older than Atlanta, and I think that's going to come into key later on down the stretch. Yeah. Do you think they're uh, better than the Braves right now? Because yes. I I do as well. Yes. Yeah. Their lineup stretches so. further. I think they are better than the Atlanta Braves. And they have Cabrera, a veteran that's been 
to playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, true. And they just they're just getting production from their three to five starting pitchers. Yeah, it's a good lineup as well. So I, I agree. It's definitely um it's definitely a big a a big thing going on right now around the major leagues with all these trades coming in, all these trades coming in hot. Um I think look to preview these games, the Yankees-Red Sox series is going to be huge. The lineup just came out for the Yankees tonight. Luke Voigt is the DH, who they just traded for. The trade we forgot to talk about, yeah. where the Yankees got Luke Voigt and international signing bonus pool money from St. Louis for lefty Chasen Shreve right. and righty Giovanni Galagos. So it's really nothing sexy in terms of relevance to the other deals that they've done, but Luke Voigt is he's one of the hottest He's kind of one of baseball's hottest hitters right now. Look what he did with uh, St. Louis, and he earned himself a spot in the Yankees lineup. This is a guy that you acquired for, not just for pitching. This is a guy that they got, longtime prospect for St. Louis, and let's see if it cashes in and helps them out when you have some holes in that lineup right now. Yeah, and how about uh, Glaber cleaning up tonight? Yeah, Glaber Torres cleaning up. Hicks yeah. is leading off, and... Yeah, so I, I'm very excited for I tonight. I bet if uh, Yankee fans looked at this lineup in April, they'd be like, what is going on? We must have a terrible record. Yeah. yeah. But not the case. In 30 games over yeah. 500. They're loving it right now. Oh, of course. Um, other games tonight, the Angels at the Rays, which actually happened already. Um, we'll try to get some final scores in here if we can. I'm almost positive the Rays won 4-2 because I checked fantasy. got a Sergio Romo save. Yes. <laughs> the Rays beat the Angels 4-2. to the Cardinals beat the Rockies 3-2. to two. Jose Martinez walk-off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Crazy. He hit some home runs against the Mets in the opening series of the season. And then the White Sox beat the Royals, two awful baseball teams. <laughs> uh, on that note, let's go over the other games. Milwaukee at the Dodgers tonight. Shaken 10-3 and three against Kershaw. Kershaw, just a 4-5 and five record, but his ERA is lurking around 2.5, 2.52. That's an excellent starting pitching matchup, I think. Remember he was on the DL, so he was. The four and five record. Yeah. Yeah. I just yeah. I just was just jaw dropped to see Julio Chassin ten and ten wins. I could not believe that. And another guy on the DL, Madison Bumgarner, back. The late night game will be the San Francisco Giants at the Arizona Diamondbacks in that thrilling National League West. It'll be Madison Bumgarner against Zach Ranke, twelve and five ERA under three for Granke. That's an excellent pitching matchup as well. It's a classic, and Green Gay quietly having a very good season. Yeah, I actually haven't heard much from him this year, and then check out his stats under three ERA, twelve wins. That's phenomenal. Yeah, agreed. Um, on that note, that will uh, finish up baseball. Let's transition over to NBA free agency. Look, there's not much to talk about besides the Carmelo Anthony deal. Um, Carmelo Anthony expected to sign with Houston. One year, two point four million, and Melo made over twenty five and a half million in five days with the Atlanta Hawks, buying him out in full. Not bad, I'd say. That's more than Anthony Davis's contract, more than Kyrie Irving's contract, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Joel Embiid. Wow. I mean, I don't like him, but nothing but respect. I mean, what a guy. <laughs> twenty five million in five days. He's going to probably replace Trevor Ariza in the lineup. I think losing Ariza was huge for Houston. Excellent defender. He always guarded the best player on the team. He even guarded Melo when they played the Thunder, and he shut him down. And Melo is not really a good defender. He's just a pure scorer. He's a cancer on most teams. I don't. Maybe blending in with some veterans like Chris Paul, P.J. Tucker, and James Harden will help him out. 
I think it's a scary lineup for Houston. Also, re-signing Clint Capella. Huge. The yeah. best free agent left on the market. They re-signed him. Five years, $90 million. A little higher than we anticipated last show, but, I mean, they had had to get Capella. He was a young big man, and I think they yeah, had to yeah. spend on him to get him back. Otherwise, Houston, you basically could have said, all right, they're not going to do much come postseason, maybe the second round, because Chris Paul and James Harden can only get you so far. You That's need good saw. defense, and you need a big back there. And right now, you know, it looks like he got the only other two bigs, really, that'll be consistent are Ryan Anderson. If he I, Is Ryan Anderson still even on the team? I believe so. I know he has a massive contract, so yeah. I don't know. And then I doubt he won't trade for him. P.J. Tucker. So there's that. And then the Rockets also went out, and they got Michael Carter-Williams on a vet minimum, I believe. And then, But they did lose Gerald Green. No, they lost Bob Mute. They kept Green. They lost Ariza and Bob Mute. So, and then they still have Nene, too, I believe. Yeah, they're just, backup. these moves uh, solidifying their bench, just proving they're the second-best team in the West at the moment. Yeah. yeah. Can't wait for that Western Conference Final Series. Agreed. Another move that came up, um, Portland Trailblazer sharpshooter Pat Connaughton, free agent, signs a two-year deal with Milwaukee. Now, if you don't know much about Pat Connaughton, I'm about to explain stuff to you. He's my favorite player in the NBA. That's why he's on the script. Uh, four years at Notre Dame. He also played baseball. He's a multi-athlete. Uh, he pitched for three years. He was a pitcher. He was drafted after his junior year by the Baltimore Orioles. He's in their minor league farm system. Nice. But Connaughton decided to stay his senior year and play basketball at Notre Dame. Yeah. And he made a three-year career with Portland. He got drafted by the Brooklyn Nets, actually, then got traded on draft night to Portland. <laughs> Spent three years there. The guy averaged five points a game this season. He was a quality wow. bench player for Portland, along with Shabazz Napier and Ed Davis. Davis and Napier both went to Brooklyn. That's some good bench chemistry right there. I thought Connaughton would have followed because Stauskas coming over from Brooklyn to Portland, I was expecting Brooklyn to go, hey, in your face, we're taking all three of your bench players. But Milwaukee's GM, they like Connaughton. He's a sharpshooter. He's very smart. And fun fact about Pat Connaughton, he has the second highest vertical leap in NBA Combine history. That was very fun. That's a good yeah. fact. He could jump. Not bad for Confirmed. a six. Not bad for a six-five white guy, huh? Wow. White guy. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Jeez. The was it's so very pure. rare. I'll bring that up on the show, but uh, yeah. I had to bring that up. Uh, excellent player for Milwaukee to have. Who I believe they drafted Dante Divincenzo in the first round. I Ooh. Out of I, out of Villanova. That so. sounds correct. And with the Connaughton move, um, he'll be making slightly more than minimum on a two-year deal, and they waive Brandon Jennings. Bucks fans are making noise about this. I don't know if they realize that they're kind of lucky to have a guy like Pat on the team. I don't think Jennings was doing much for them. He can score a little bit, but I kind of yeah. thought he was a liability defensively, and it helps them out because Mil Milwaukee right now, they're in the middle of the, of the pack in the East. They were the sixth seed last year. If they want to get to maybe the three or the four line, you know, they have to make some moves. And, you know, signing Pat, I think they also, because they lost Jabari Parker, which was big. Chicago. Yeah. And I think fans are mad Brand Jennings. You know, he's a, he's a nice name. Yeah. Is he good? I would say absolutely not. But very popular name. Everyone knows him. So they were probably a little confused. And I get guaranteed no one knows Conahan, or I don't know how to pronounce that name. Pat Conahan, yeah. Yep. Well, right now you're you're looking at the Bucks, and you have Giannis Antetokounmpo, Eric Bledsoe, 
Malcolm Brogdon, excellent player out of Virginia. Uh, they they went out and they also signed Brooke Lopez, who's going to start for them at center. Having Lopez, Yanni, Eric Bledsoe, don't forget about you also have Thon Maker and John Henson, two excellent rebounding bigs. Maker, an excellent athlete. And also Lopez, incredibly good until, well, while healthy. We'll see if he stays healthy, but, I mean, he's very good when healthy. And Thon Maker, huge. Milwaukee has a very under-the-radar big three because we didn't even talk about their second-best scorer in Chris Middleton. Giannis Antetokounmpo, Chris Middleton, and Brooke Lopez, that's a lot. And you also have veterans like Jason Terry to yeah. for leadership purposes. They went out and they got Shabazz Muhammad. And they also have Tyler Zeller as a backup big off the bench. Zeller is not a bad backup. Um, it, I'll be interested to see if Henson and uh, Lopez will start together or not or if Milwaukee will go a little smaller. Because right now I'm thinking the lineup's going to be Bledsoe, Middleton, Antetokounmpo, Lopez and probably either Maker or Henson. We'll see though. I would they agree. Some time. They have some time, and then the bench will probably be Tony Snell, Conradin, Zeller, Divincenzo, um, and Malcolm Brogdon, of course. Mm, so that's not bad. I, I really like what Milwaukee has done this off season, and we'll we'll see. Um, they could be a quiet team. Yeah. Also, new coach? Question mark. Like I would say, eighty percent sure there's a new coach there. Because I think they fired Jason Kidd midseason and had that new guy who everyone made fun of on the internet. Oh, think um, Mike Budenholzer. <laughs> he used to be the coach for the Hawks. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I think, uh, he's not a bad coach. Yeah, no, it's not not bad. Not a bad move at all. And more NBA news, you know, free agency, it's been surrounded by the Lakers and the moves that they've made. But, James, you brought this up. LeBron actually opened up a school in Akron, Ohio. Yeah, I was – just I forget what social media or whatever I was looking at. Uh, maybe it was even the news. Whatever it was, um, LeBron opened up a public elementary school at grade and grads kind of attend college for free. Um, it was it's in his hometown, Akron. 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 Thank you guys. Yeah. Akron, Ohio. Um, it pretty much it's for families. Uh, it's a Le, the LeBron James Family Foundation, um, and the public and the Ohio, his hometown public school system, um, which includes. I'm just trying to find you guys some interesting facts. Um, pretty much of what I've heard, that the kids won't need to worry about like food. Like they'll be. Uh, Offer like three meals a day. Yeah, I saw. Yeah, I saw like full uniforms. Yeah, they, free LeBron shoes. So what yeah. it seems like he wants to give back, even though he left his hometown, Ohio, but he wants to give to them and help them, where it's not like right. We all know it's not the best state, of course, or yeah. area. But what he's doing, he's trying to open up. Be like, listen, I got whatever. Like he got, he has a lot. So he's trying to get back in the aspect of like, here, here you guys go. Here's a school. You get three meals a day, clothes. There's yeah. a think a family pantry you can yeah. go to. Yeah, free yeah. transportation to school within a few miles as well. He's a super yeah. good guy. Yeah. yeah, I think the uh, LeBron Jordan debate. You know, whatever who's the better player, LeBron Jordan, good guy debate. It's LeBron all day. Yeah, not even close. Yeah, um, the school is called the I Promise School. Yeah, in Akron, Ohio. So. Oh. Good news there as I slap the mic across the head. Um, 
Speaking of the Lakers, there's more news on them. They actually have new uniforms for the upcoming 2018-2019 season. They have updated numbers. Uh, so the numbers are designed a little differently, as Chris is kind of like into designing as well, one of our co-hosts here. Yes, James has it up right now. Um, I don't know. You probably can't yeah, see, on, can't Facebook see on Facebook Live. It's a, a tough view. But they also have a vertical drop shadow um, and then a rounded neckline. So the neckline is a little bit more rounded. So a little uh, yeah, fun like fact there. You want to go to NBA.com and type in Lakers uh, new uniform or just Google it. Yeah, go to NBA.com and then just in the top stories, top news headlines, it'll come up. There's not really much more to talk about in NBA. I have a fun NBA fact that I saw on the internet. So (laughs) Blake Griffin, it it all came out on Twitter. Blake Uh Griffin uh, has to pay $280,000 a month in child support, and you just add that up per year. That's more than De'Aaron Fox is making. Wow. That was my fun, and almost as much as DeMarcus Cousins. Well, you are a Kings fan, oh, Mike, oh no. so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, it's, uh, NBA Twitter was going very funny about that. Not <laughs> that funny for Blake Griffin, but I thought that was a nice ad. Yeah. Um, on that note, we are going to step aside for another quick break. When we come back, James Montefusco will be working the board. I'll be in James's seat. No pressure. And nope, not, <laughs> not at all. We will talk college football and NFL news. You're listening to Review and Preview here on WCWPSports.org. Good evening and welcome back to Review and Preview, folks. I am your host, Tom Scavetta, T-Master Scavs, who called me tonight. Where am I? We're here right in front of you now on Facebook Live. I'm joined alongside James Montefusco to my left, Mike Dawes, or James Montefusco to my right. If you're watching <laughs> Facebook Live, he might be to your left. Mike Dawes to my left. Um, so let's talk college football. There is breaking news. And one of the most, uh, I don't know if you want to say beloved coaches in college football, but definitely one of the most popular and successful coaches, Urban Meyer, longtime coach with the Gators, now with the Ohio State Buckeyes, is um, he is now on paid administrative leave. Guys, how does this affect Urban's legacy and, you know, Ohio State as a whole? Well, as far as his legacy, I mean, his coaching stats, all that accolades, you know, that's untouched. But when he was in Florida, he had something something like this, and he, you know, quote-unquote, had a heart attack, and that kind of drew all attention away. But he's definitely a bad guy, confirmed bad guy. Yeah. And, I mean, I think Ohio State will be fine moving uh, – Oh, for sure. It's hard to say they'll move on from him because I think they will. And a big Urban Meyer guy, but, I mean, they are still prestigious school. They'll, they'll get whoever they want to coach. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, so, basically, if you're just tuning in, folks, uh, we're talking about Urban Meyer, how he's on paid administrative leave. Um, so he had knowledge of domestic abuse allegations against his former wide receiver coach and Zach Smith. So that's – and there was text messages amongst his wife – and other wives of assistant coaches, I think. And then, um, yeah, so that's what the investigation is about. Offensive coordinator Ryan Day will serve as the acting head coach during this investigation. Is Urban Meyer done at OSU or at, at um, the Ohio State University? I'm not too sure. Uh, I, 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 really, I want to say no, but. I would really hope that they maybe, like, suspend him for a while and then keep him. Yeah. Oh, but these are some heavy uh, – 
heavy uh what's the word heavy allegations yeah very serious the the coach was fired but he lied in, in front of the big 10 media so he knew nothing about it and came out the wife said he knew all about it yeah very very That's tough stuff. look for urban meyer yeah um now james yeah ohio state is currently ranked fourth in the preseason usa today rankings and third in the coaches poll they're so they're projected to make the college football playoff what impact does this have on the team and their players? Like, if you're a player in, in that locker room, what are you thinking right now? You can't make any wrong move. Since right. your team is so um, under the eye of the media and everybody else, but at the same time, you have to go out there and perform like you performed any other year. Mm-hmm. Um, no matter who's your coach, what's going on, um, you just go out, you pound, you grind, you do you. Um, and you just see where the season leads you. For sure. Yeah, they obviously have, you know, they got great recruits. These these kids, you know, top of the best players in the country. I'm sure they do fine, but I'm definitely, like, I mean, they came here knowing Urban, well, assuming Urban Meyer is going to be their coach. Like, that's what sells college football players coming to a school. Now he's not there. That definitely stinks. I would wonder if they're going to lose a lot of transfers in the next year or two. That's a good analogy. That's yeah. a good point, yeah. yeah. That would be interesting to see if that happens. They may, or you'll see how the season goes. Yeah, of course. And then if the season's fine without them, they'll stay. And if you've donned those red and silver jerseys those past, you know, three years and you're a senior now, uh, you're just thinking about this is not the way I want to go out, you know. So hopefully um, things change for Ohio State. More exciting news, though, um, Notre Dame Stadium. I'm a big Notre Dame fan on the show, uh, or just in general. There will be a green out versus Michigan. Which it's is pretty Notre cool. Everyone's That's gonna wear, very cool. Everybody's going to be wearing green uh, Saturday, September 1st. They're projected to get college game day. Remember, this is a Saturday night game, 7.30 game. I know Chris Klimaszewski is also a huge Notre Dame fan. He one is. of our co-hosts on the show. Uh, we watched some games the last year in the dorms. Uh, look, man, will college game day go to the University of Notre Dame week one? I think so. Yeah, man, huge yeah. game. Huge game. Michigan, you got Jim Harbaugh versus, I mean, Notre Dame, at Notre Dame, huge. Big, very I big. I doubt week one is any other high-class games like that. Yeah. So I would I would hope so. It'll be interesting to see who starts at quarterback for Notre Dame this season. Brandon Wimbush, who started last year, but yep. when he went down, Ian Book got some reps as well. I know Brian Kelly used to use a two-quarterback system when it was, uh, I think, Tommy Reese and maybe Everett Golson, something like that. <laughs> Tommy Reese. Glory you days. remember Tommy Reese? Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, I'm thinking about it right now. Malik Zaire and Deshaun Kaiser, remember yep. that? And then Malik Zaire ended up transferring. Florida Gol- State, Golson, I think. Golson transferred to Florida State. Oh, of course. Mal- Malik Zaire, we'll actually pull it up right now. He definitely transferred somewhere. Golson definitely to Florida State, I remember that clearly. Yeah, Malik Zaire. And what was a shame was De- Deshaun Kaiser got the nod, and then he went to the NFL draft one year too early. He, he really did. He yeah. was really set up for failure with Cleveland. Uh, Malik Zaire transferred to Florida. Oh, mm, nice. And he went undrafted in this year's draft. So he's currently an undrafted free agent in the NFL. So, look, former Heisman candidate. I think Kaiser came out too soon. Recently, quarterbacks in Notre Dame have not been faring out too great. It's true. You can go all the way back to, like, Jimmy Clausen. Uh, Brady Quinn. Brady Quinn. Brady Quinn yeah. did not work out well. Um, 
Is Jimmy Clausen? I think he's still a backup in the NFL. If I'm not good, mistaken. Good for him if that's true. Jimmy Clausen did not lose a game his senior year in high school. <laughs> wow. So yeah, he he was some top guy coming out of Notre Dame. Uh, speaking of football, let's transition to the NFL. This is a great night for football. Uh, We're back. I'm very excited. We are back. Football's back, baby. Yeah. Cowboys defensive end Randy Gregory has been reinstated. That's good news for Dallas because they lost a lot of guys in the offseason. You never know what the health of Sean Lee is going to be like. You have the Des Bryant distraction right now. He's a clown. He is. (laughs) That's why he's still not signed. Yeah. Uh, But having Randy Gregory back is huge for that team. Um. Yeah, what do you what, what do you guys think of Dallas this year? I, I'm not really I'm not really feeling them. Uh, I mean, I think they'll be in the seven to nine, eight and eight, nine and seven range. I mean, they they have no receivers. I mean, Alan Hearns. We'll see what happens there. But and they also have. I mean, their defense is terrible. It's been like this for a while now. Yeah. And I mean, they that offensive line, how great it was. It's still great, but it's getting worse and worse every year. But still, you know, great offensive line. You know, obviously Zeke, monster. But yeah, yeah. I, I I don't think they'll they'll uh, be in the playoffs though. No, they they won't. Uh, to be honest with you, I think they might finish last in the East. Mm, Redskins. Mm. I think the Redskins are sneaky. Yeah. So I I, I do too, and I think um, there is a report saying that the Giants are the most improved team in the NFL. Yeah. Which I believe it. I think might be true. I think on both sides of the ball. Only because you get you're getting Odell back. Evan Ingram is going to be so much better as second. Evan Ingram had a phenomenal rookie season. He really did. Yeah. Sterling Shepard is healthy, and Saquon Barkley, getting him in the draft and that offensive line. That is, offensive line. It's so it's much looking more good. I mean, there's still questions around it, but uh, speaking of offensive line, the Seattle Seahawks bring back J.R. Sweezy, an offensive line that kind of fell apart once he left, along with Max Unger. Uh, Sweezy played for Tampa Bay since 2016. Glad to see him back because Seattle needs it. They're going to need some help up front. Uh, other news around the NFL, New England, they cut the injured Jordan Matthews. And one day later, they signed free agent Eric Decker to a one-year, to a one-year mm-hmm. deal a day after cutting Matthews. Mike, as a, as a Jets fan, Decker, the former Jet, what do you think of this move? Will New England resurrect his career? Um, to I an think, extent, maybe. Yeah, no, I think he'll be fine. I'm, I'm sure he won't be, you know, every snap receiver, but red zone target for sure. And I guarantee Belichick will use him at all costs versus the Jets. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it, it can't be a bad move. No. No way it could be a bad move. Um, another move, former New England Patriot wide receiver uh, Brandon LaFell gets cut, also a former Carolina Panther by the Bengals. Fellas gone. Other news with Seattle, their safety Earl Thomas. They've really they lost Richard Sherman in the offseason. Cam Chancellor, I think he just got paid last year finally. Yeah. And now Earl Thomas is like, pay me or trade me. That's exactly what he said. So I don't know. I think the NFC West is a little overhyped this year. I know San Francisco is going to be better. I don't know how much better they're going to be. I still think the Rams win the division. Yeah. I agree. But I think Seattle is starting to drop off a little bit. I could see a uh, like a reality check year where they go like five and eleven, six and ten. I mean, I don't think this team is good at all. No, their offensive line is is in in trouble, which is why bringing back Sweezy was good. But you lost Richard Sherman. I mean, you still have Bobby Wagner, stud. Yeah. So yeah, leading that defense, but but at the same time, oh, and a lot of their players get into trouble. 
And, yeah. you know, this could potentially affect the future of Pete Carroll as an NFL head coach. You know, Pete Carroll's starting to get up there at age a little bit. So. I, I, I had a feeling when he said Cam Chancellor, he did retire. He did. That's yeah, right. I had to double check because my brain doesn't work that well. But, <laughs> yeah, he – I mean, that team imploded. And, I, honestly, I think it started when they traded for Jimmy Graham because once they sent Max Unger to <sighs> New Orleans – that offensive line was terrible. Russell Wilson running for his life every play. Yeah, it was just really bad. Guys, I got my hair back on the show. Oh wow! The Thanks. wig has come off. We lasted one hour thirty six minutes with the wig. Um, now let's keep talking here. Um, speaking of retiring, bad news for the Colts. Starting offensive guard Jack Muhort has retired after four seasons in the, in the NFL. Jack Muhort was the best left tackle in college football for Ohio State a few years ago. He came to the NFL, played left guard on a really struggling offensive line. You know, He played next to Anthony Costanzo, who was awful. Awful. Uh, I can't stand yeah. watching Costanzo. He's really bad. Worse than Flowers? Yeah. A lot well, of vowels in his name. Yeah, they're, they're very close. Um, Muhort has played 15 games in just the past two seasons uh, due to knee issues. He will be retiring. How does this affect the Colts and their new O-line? Remember, they drafted Quentin Nelson, but they also drafted an offensive lineman in the second round as well in Braden Smith. And they yeah. also have vet, uh, swing veteran Matt Slauson, the former Jet and Bear. So I feel like it's easy for them to plug one of those two in in Muhort's spot. Yeah, and I believe, believe, that they they drafted Ryan Kelly's center a couple of years ago. Yes. So I mean this Muhort thing that's that stinks. It does because they're finally addressing this offensive line. It took them like years to notice that they need one mm-hmm. with Andrew Luck, who's always hurt. And then they finally, I I thought they finally got it right, even with Costanzo being terrible. Then he retires. I mean, 50, like I said, fifteen games in two years. That's that's concerning. Well, look what happened yeah. to Eric Wood up in up in Buffalo. Yeah. You know, ten year vet. He's gone. That's a shame. Are yeah. we seeing a new age of NFL players? They're just retiring like crazy early. Yeah, because we're mean, seeing it because of so. concussions too now. Yeah, it's definitely an alarming concern. Yeah. Um, speaking of injuries, uh, the first big injury has happened in training camp. You don't want to be a cheesehead right now. Uh, Green Bay Packers starting middle linebacker Jake Ryan tore his ACL out for the entire season. Um, Jake Ryan was entering the final year of his rookie contract, fourth-round pick back in 2015. Uh, this is not good for Green Bay because they don't have much depth at the linebacker position. J- Jake Ryan, you know, he kind of learned from Clay Matthews a bit. You know, I mean, this is this stinks for Green Bay. I, I as, yeah. as an NFL fan, I liked watching him play out there on the field. Yeah, and uh, just to add on to the uh, the depth thing, I know they had Joshua Perry, Ohio State. That's why I know he retired actually. So that does not help mm-hmm. their depth. And I mean, that, that, and middle linebacker, we've you know, it's a fact that they're the quarterback of the defense. And uh, another devastating injury that happened a few days ago: Jason Verrett, Chargers Achilles out for the yeah, season. That's that kinda, stinks. I think that's why they signed Trey Boston yeah. to a one-year deal a couple uh, about a week ago, I think. Yeah. But um, if you're green, if you're Green Bay, you run a three-four. So yeah, you tough. need two starting inside linebackers, and right now the only healthy, solid inside linebacker you have is Blake Martinez. 
They're going to have to go out and scoop up a veteran that gets cut. Well, or yeah. they did. Um, the Packers may rely on their third-round draft pick, the rookie they drafted in the third round, to play alongside Martinez. So mm-hmm. we'll see if he steps in or if they do go out and they sign a veteran. Um, if I'm the stuff. guy that just got drafted in, pra- in the, you know, right now, you got to step yeah. up your game. Have to. Because if, like, you want to start day one, week one, you need to step up your game once he went down so mm-hmm. the Packers don't get an idea, oh, they're going to draft a veteran guy. I'm going to be on the bench yeah. all season. Golden opportunity for this Go- kid. Yeah, he could be a rising star in the Packers' eyes, and then the whole NFL could be like, he got just got drafted, now he's a starter, and look what he's doing. Yeah, I, I hate training camp injuries. They're just the worst. Yeah, they are. Well, Giants had one in Sam Beal. Who yeah, yeah might have actually started over Eli Apple. Yeah. And that stinks because of the uh, supplemental draft. Yeah, and they lose their third-round pick next year. So That's, that's a really not, tough break. Yeah, that's a, that's a big blow right there. Um, well, the bad thing is that all these guys go 100%. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's I no do. way to avoid it. It yeah. sucks. Um, yeah, it does. Speaking of the Giants, uh, Saquon Barkley is saving his entire rookie contract. He bought his parents a house in PA. Um, let's talk about the Giants a little bit before we get to the Jets, what they've done this offseason. Um, look, tra- training camp has gone very well for this team. Despite Beal being out for the year, do they bring back DRC on uh, a veteran yes, minimum? I think they should. They have room to sign one more guy off a veteran minimum. They already signed Connor Barwin, which was an excellent signing. Yes. Uh, helps their pass rushing attack. Um, but DRC might be a guy that they could rely on a little bit to play yeah. the nickel. Because um, quite frankly, I don't know if Apple's going to cut it, and everyone else is fairly young, yeah. besides Jack Rabbit in that secondary. So, yeah, and uh, this the new GM and coach they really, they don't well, they don't really have any ties to DRC, but maybe they got their own guy. But I would definitely definitely look at DRC. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the Giants' secondary after Jenkins and Collins and Apple, it's a bunch of no name guys. You know, they signed. These no-name guys, Teddy Williams, B.W. Webb, Curtis Riley. Nobody knows who any of these guys are. Curtis Riley might be the second starting safety come week one. He's actually shown some great strides in training camp. Um, I still feel like you need a veteran guy. Though. Yeah, the secondary is definitely the sign of concern on that defense. Right now you got Collins and Jenkins are two guaranteed starters. Probably Curtis Riley is the second safety and probably Apple. Yeah. So... That's gonna so disappointed in Eli Apple. Yeah, so disappointed, and yeah. it looks like another uh, Buckeye. Yeah, it looks like Denzel Ward, Ohio State, looks is looking great in camp. Yeah, so that stinks. Just the next guy, it's just way worse. Yeah, the front seven for the Giants. They went out and signed Barwin last week. They they're switching to a three four defense under James Betcher, and you're looking at that line right now. You got three hogs up front: Dalvin Tomlinson, Snacks, Damon uh, Damon Harrison, <laughs> and B J Hill. Don't forget, you also got Josh Morrow, some depth there, and yeah. R.J. McIntosh, the rookie they got out of uh, the University of Miami. Uh, it's a lot of depth on that defensive line. Kerry Wynn coming back. So they have depth up front. And then you look at their pass rushers on, on the edge. Olivier Vernon has looked great in camp. They draft Lorenzo Carter out of Georgia oh, in the yeah. third round. He's a good guy. Connor Barwin, yeah. who's had f- at least five sacks in his last four seasons. He's a great piece because you know, they'll be rotating all the time. That's a great piece of sub in and out. And then they signed Kareem Martin from the Cardinals. 
who's nice. supposed to be very good this yeah. season. I've, I'm liking Dave Gettleman's move so far. Yeah. I don't think he's done a thing wrong yet. No, no. I don't think he has. Who starts in this Betcher defense? I mean, right right, right now, I think it's an open thing. You know, Right now, you, well, the two main, I feel like, is Snacks and Vernon. Yeah, those, oh, are, those, are, the yeah, those, those are givens. Those, those are given for sure. I Jack think, Rabbit is a given. And Collins. And Collins. And then in the in the linebackers inside, it'll be Ogletree and yep. Goodson. Yeah. They, they trade the trade for Alec Ogletree, which is phenomenal. Yeah, he my only concern. Start. Yeah, I mean, he got into that fight with Odell in the Giants Rams game a couple of years ago, but I'm sure they both forgave each other by this point. Well, they're on the point. same team, playing on. Yeah, they're fine. Now. Bj yeah. Bj Goodson has looked great in camp as well. Yeah. Hopefully, he can stay healthy. Yeah, that's a big factor. Um, Vernon. I think the four linebackers are Vernon, Goodson, Ogletree. It's going to be more of a rotation, but if I had to pick a guy, it would either be Martin or Barwin. I think Carter's a rookie. They'll start him on third down a little bit. Um, I do think Martin will get the edge over Barwin just because Barwin was signed so late. Yeah, true. Uh, I think Barwin's going to provide depth. Barwin can also play on the on the defensive line as well. Versatile. Yes. Oh, yeah. So, you know, that's kind of the reason why they traded away JPP to the Bucks. He didn't fit the style of defense. No. And especially now going into 3-4. Yeah. yeah. And you look at it, the line is going to be better, I think, without JPP. That defense is designed to stop the run and put pressure on the quarterback, something the Giants have lacked the last few seasons. Uh, yeah. You look two, two years ago, their defense was great. They literally went from first to worst to stopping the run last season. So that's yeah. something that they got to fix. Yeah, and Snacks is a way better nose tackle than interior defensive tackle. For sure. Yeah. Definitely. And then the Odell Beckham contract talks. He may be finally getting a contract. Uh, I shouldn't say finally because, you know, the Giants are making everybody earn their okay. their money here. That's why. Which is good. I like they, that. Yeah, they didn't touch him in the offseason because they didn't want him to start making noise and say, oh, I have this money now. Let me slack off. He's staying for extra work with Eli Manning in practice. So, it's awesome. Um, Which I think everybody should. Yeah, like don't yeah. be a Julio Jones who got paid three years ago and then wants yeah. more and he holds out. Like yeah. uh, Shepard has uh, stepped yeah. up big time because of when Odell went down. I saw that. Definitely. He, a lot of people that training camp have seen him as an improvement, considering when he a few years back because he got that. Playing time, he was that number one receiver once Odell went down last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they got they got a good receiving core. They even, do, even from like Igram and Barkley. I mean, those guys can catch a football or two. And they got Cody Latimer. They signed from Denver. Oh, he's going to be their Indiana. number three. Yeah, and he's, then, he's uh, big. Cody Latimer is going to be a great number three receiver. I think. I agree. Uh, Lewis Jr. I don't know if Roger Lewis is going to make the team. He he might not make the yeah, team. I know. Look who they got. They got Hunter Sharp, Russell Shepard. You know, two decent guys, and then Alonzo Russell. I mean, they they have young guys that they can fill in. And then don't forget, Red Ellison is the second tight end. Yeah. Red, Red Ellison. Ellison. And he was pretty good last year. He only saw. played on 45% of snaps last season. But now the offense is going to be designed. You're going to see strictly two wide receiver sets, two tight ends. And I believe, he, I'm not a Giants fan, but I believe he's more of a blocking tight end yeah. than yeah. anything, which is a perfect combo off Evan Ingram. Who and he can also receiver. catch, too, Ellison. He can, yeah. he can catch some balls, but he's more of a blocking guy, and he can fill in as the fullback as well. He's a big guy, isn't he? Yeah, he's a yeah. very big guy. He's about 6'3", six, 6'4", six, at least. So um, that's good when you're like... Awesome name as well. Yeah. Third <laughs> and one, or third and inches. Former Viking. Put him Ooh, in. Didn't know that. Yeah. Nice. Um... 
Now, the offensive line, Solder, Hernandez on the left side. I think that's solid. Oh, who, Solder put a, Vernon to the ground? Yeah, Solder and Vernon. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. always a good matchup. Um, Solder had the best run-blocking success rate last season amongst all left tackles. Hernandez has been a great hog as a rookie. Gettleman likes to call them hogs up front. The center position is going to be fun to watch. That's going to be a battle. That's going to come down to potentially the end of the preseason. It's Brett Jones versus John Jalapio, and right now John Jalapio has the edge over Brett Jones. Yeah. Brett Jones out of Regina College, former star in the Canadian Football League. And at right guard, remember the Giants were supposed to get Andrew Norwell. Jacksonville took him away, but the Giants signed Jacksonville's starting left guard last season, Patrick Omina. Nice. Who's projected to start at right guard for the Giants, and he's looked great. Flowers is the biggest concern at right tackle, clearly. Um, He's going to win the starting job easily. Unfortunately. Chad Wheeler has gotten zero first-team reps, which, I mean, rightfully so, because he has not looked good. Uh, Yeah, Flowers is going to be starting at right tackle. Remember, Flowers was a right tackle in college. I think maybe putting him at his actual position, it might help. Might help him. He was not a left tackle. He <laughs> Certainly was an awful hurt. left tackle. No. Yeah. I he think might. the sign of concern, the center position, and Flowers at right tackle. I think the other three positions will be okay. Uh, Hernandez's temper, you know, he got into it with Snacks, one of the most humble guys on the team. That's definitely a sign of concern. Yeah. Um, but let's get to the Jets. Let's right, get to let's the go. Jets. Uh, we, I have a lot to say about the Jets, as I'm sure you do, Mike. Uh, Sam Darnold. Signs his rookie contract, four years, $30.25 million. Uh, fully guaranteed, plus a $20 million signing bonus. I'm just glad it got done. Yeah. Took him long enough. Yeah. Now, very interesting quarterback battle for the Jets right now. You have Josh McCown. You go out, get Teddy Bridgewater, and you draft Sam Darnold. Who starts week one? Well, I heard Todd Bowles in an interview said, right now, McCown started. The other guys have the... They, they can take it away from him, is basically. It's an open competition, but yeah. I guess right now he's saying McCown's started, which I agree with. I mean, he was started last year, veteran. Yeah, yeah. And I thought it was very interesting. You know, it doesn't matter. It's, you know, training camp, but Darnold's first pass in training camp was picked off. So I thought yeah. that was pretty funny. It was a funny read on Twitter. <laughs> but, yeah, um, I mean, uh, I, I would I would pick McCown unless, you know, Darnold's blowing the lights off. Right. So I, McCown over Bridgewater. Yeah. Yeah, Definitely. I did see somewhere uh, yesterday uh, when I was on ESPN, I saw that uh, Rex Ryan said he would just start Donald like he did with Sanchez. Of course Sanchez. he would. Yeah, of course he would. And yeah. we all know how Sanchez went. Yeah. So for him to say that, I'm like, yeah, okay, please. Also, completely unrelated, but Rex Ryan, I just remembered it. There was uh, three or four months ago he was quoted saying the Yankees should trade for Lance Lynn. <laughs> and that's a fact. And then, then, then now they go do it. So. Nice. Nice. Rex Ryan, baseball guru? <laughs> maybe, we'll maybe. Maybe. Not, not, quarter, a, not quarterback guru, become, that's for sure. Becoming a Tim Tebow, maybe? <laughs> yeah. Former Jim. Yeah. But, yeah, um, ideally, you know, ideally you want Donald to just take the job and run with it, but yeah. I have no problem with McCown or Bridgewater. Who do you think starts in the preseason, McCown? Yeah, I think he'll get first snaps. Yeah. You know, McCown definitely deserves it. It was a very definitely. great – it was a very good season from last season, but very disappointing ending – Due to injury, I think it was week 14 or 15. He yeah, and they, he went down. Throw, yeah, they had to throw Bryce Petty in the. That was a shame. Yeah. Uh, Petty and Hackenberg both gone. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. Uh, yeah. Also about the Jets, 
Their defense has looked great. I think Jamal Adams at safety, along with May, Darren Lee, another Buckeye, right? Oh, yeah. Inside linebacker. Talk, talk about those two guys. And they're very young. They've only been in the league maybe two or three years. Yeah, uh, this is going to be Adams and May's second year, Darren Lee's third year. Darren Lee has done, honestly, nothing since he's came up. He's very athletic. Everyone, you know, keeps talking about that. But he's got to finally make the tackles because mm-hmm. now DeMario Davis has gotten Avery Avery Williamson is here, but the Jets still run that 3-4. Darren Lee's going to have to play a lot, yeah. and he's going to start making plays. This is He's a first-round pick, 20th overall, but I would say he's getting close to his last chances here Yeah, because if he stinks again, then they're going to have to find a new middle linebacker. Oh, it's for sure. time to rise or shut up. Yeah, now, exactly. Defensively, you know, you look at their line, you have Leonard Williams. McClendon is still there, right? Yep. Who else? The other defensive end, they signed Hank uh, Henderson, something like that. Some, Henry Anderson, Henry, maybe? There we go, Henry Anderson, like a stopgap. <laughs> yeah. you know, Former Colt, I think. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, very quality yeah. defensive end. So Definitely will have to be replaced next year. Yeah. Yeah, this is a one-year thing. Um, offensively, you know, I'm looking at the Jets right now. Their receiving core is young and good, I think. I think it's a very good receiving core to have. And Nunez is coming back off the injury. Robbie Anderson was great last season. He's had yeah. some off-the-field troubles, but very talented guy. Yeah, well, let's see if he gets suspended. But actually, Anuma did uh, walk out of camp today. He did get hurt. Ooh. Didn't see what it was. Didn't seem like it was too devastating. Twitter wasn't mm-hmm. going that crazy. Right. So I bet he's all right. But, yeah, this receiving core, I mean, they got four four nice names. You know, Terrell Pryor, Quincy Anuma, Robbie Anderson, Jermaine Curse. We'll see. They got to they gotta play now. Jermaine Curse, former Seahawk. Terrell Pryor, former Cleveland Brown. Yeah. Redskin, yeah. And Redskin as well. I, I like Terrell Pryor, former quarterback in college, another former Buckeye. Buckeye. Jets have a lot of those guys. Also, another receiver that's impressed me, Chad Hansen. Chad Hansen, yeah. Clemson, I believe. Yeah. Big guy. Um, I think he makes the team as the number oh, five receiver. I would I would hope he makes the team for sure. Uh, There's I your mean, five right there. Yeah, that's nice. I mean, you could uh, Hansen could rotate in the slot with, I would assume, Noonwa's got that job. Rotate that. That'd be great. Yeah. Um, It'd just be nice to see them move the ball and score points this year. Mm-hmm. That yeah. would be fantastic. And then in the backfield, you have um, Isaiah Crowell yep. and Bilal Powell. And Eli McGuire broke his foot out four to six weeks. That so, happened a few days ago. Yeah. So that's not you know it's not devastating, but yeah. you like three three nice running backs. Yeah. And then up up front, the O line is a little concerning. <sighs> it's it's bad. Yeah. You know, they retained Kelvin Beecham, left tackle, retained James Carpenter, left guard. Center, they got Spencer Long. Which you know, is okay. It's all right. It's definitely nothing to shout the about. The right side is the big problem. Right side, Brian Winters, you know, he has shown no progress. And then the right tackle is their worst spot. It's like Brandon Shell. Yeah. Not good. And no. tight end is also not good, but they have historically never used tight ends. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, we'll see what the Jets can do. Yeah. Other outside news, we got to talk about this because the first preseason game is tonight between the Bears and the Ravens, 8 p.m. on NBC. Um, these protests with the NFL Players Association on the new anthem policy, uh, we get our first look at it tonight. Who will stand for the anthem? Uh, let's, I mean, the, the, this is a touchy subject, but, I mean, it's, it's interesting to me what these players are going to do and what the coaching personnel is going to do. Because, you know, you see it with Dallas and the Giants. The Giants, you know, their co-GMs are going at it. John Mara thinks one way. Steven Tish, uh, Steve Tish thinks another, an, a, way. An, another way. 
that the Giants won't punish the anthem protesters. Mara hopes they're all going to stand. Um, Jerry Jones says all Cowboys must stand for the national anthem. I think um, that's – I mean, if Zeke stands, then he's going to do nothing to Zeke Elliott or Dak Prescott, I yeah. believe. Yeah. It, it, I think all it takes is, like, a stud guy to do it, and then we'll see how serious these owners are. But yeah. definitely a touchy subject. It is. Yeah. Can the, can the two sides live? Can the NFL and the Players Association, will they be able to come to a mutual agreement? I know Richard Sherman has said some type of progress has been made, but what progress? You know, there's, there's nothing that's been reported yet. They're, I mean, they're nearing some type of agreement. There's something. I don't think anything set in stone is going to be done because – you're looking. The season starts in one month, guys. One yeah. month. This, I don't. This is just such a headache. I don't think it'll ever be really fixed. It's embarrassing. You don't yeah. see this in the NBA or the major leagues. You well, the NBA, there's just a rule. You have to stand and go out there. Yeah. Right. But the NFL doesn't have a rule like that. So that's well, the NFL's own fault. It really is. But with this, it like we it's don't laughable. like talking about it. Right. Neither does say Joe Buck, Troy Aikman, or any of the other guys. Oh, you yeah. think they want to spend half the first quarter talking about this? No. They no. they just ignore the fact on the professional level. It's more the sports yeah. talk shows that get uh you know, a little a little heated about it. You know, you see Sam Smith, those those guys, uh yeah. Very very touchy subject. I think the two sides will be able to live at some point, but there's going to be chaos in between and you bring up excellent points all the time. Let's see what happens during the season. Yeah, you you're going to have to see what happens during the season because yeah. you you can't make predictions now and then it goes a different way during the season right um to to talk about it now yes preseason starts tonight you're gonna have to see that how that reacts yeah. and what reactions people get from that mm-hmm. and then i think go go on from there um definitely week one is something to be noted about and to be watched about for this because if things yeah. get yeah, resolved yeah. during the preseason we may not have to talk about it anymore. For sure. If it doesn't, yeah. we're back at it from square one again. Well, uh, fun stuff for tonight might see Robert Griffin III and Lamar Jackson. Really? Yeah. Really? For the Baltimore Ravens. That could be cool. I wonder who would start. Uh, is Flacco going to get any reps at all? Ooh, I don't think any starters play in the Hall of Fame no. game. I don't so think so. Probably we might see Lamar Jackson tonight. We might get some good looks at him. Uh, the rookie out of Louisville who was the last pick in the first round. I believe, right? Yeah, so, I think they yeah. traded for that last pick. Yeah, and Baltimore snuck in there. They got him. The Ravens did some work over the offseason. They added Michael Crabtree, John Brown, and Willie Sneed in the receiving core. Nice names. I really like those names Fast a lot. Guys. Yeah. Uh, the, the Bears, Mitch Trubisky at quarterback. I mean, I don't know. This guy is an unknown. I mean, he really hasn't proven himself, but he really hasn't done anything yeah. to be like, oh, he's not fit for the job either year two is huge for him yeah. huge because i i don't think anyone knows his ceiling so i mean if he if he goes out you know the bears they're going to be improved are they going to be good no i would say five and eleven six to ten range but if he if he plays good i mean and they make some moves next year maybe they're winning seven eight games in a couple of years mm-hmm. so this is a massive massive year for trubisky we'll see yeah and then uh the bears we know jordan howard's not going to play but three cohen is going to get some good work tonight, and he is an excellent backup running back to have. Yeah, he's like a little Darren Sproles out there. Yeah. And then they went out and they got Allen Robinson, the former Jaguar in the offseason, who um, just a couple years ago, he was a top five, top ten. Yeah. He, he was a top ten wide receiver. Well, he had that one crazy year. Yeah, so he was, he was top. On my fantasy team. That <laughs> yeah. Year. That's how I remember. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he was top five it. in yards that year. That yeah. was fantastic. 
Yeah. But, I mean, we'll see. ACL injuries are tough. We so. actually did a segment on the Jaguars last week, so it'll be mm-hmm. interesting to see. Um, the Browns will be at the Giants next Thursday, and then the Falcons will be at the Jets next Friday. Guys, any final thoughts before we wrap up our show? Go glad Jets. football's back. Oh, football yes, so is glad. back. Love it. On that note, James is going to start our music bed. Click play and then raise those beds up. On behalf of Mike Dawes, James Montefusco, it was fun wearing those wigs tonight. I'm your host, Tom Scavetta, T-Master Scavs, we should say. You've been listening to Review and Preview. Join us next week. Have a good night. No plan to a full no heroes, villains, one to blame While wilted roses fill the stage And the thrill, the thrill is gone Our debut was a masterpiece But in the end for you and me On this show, it can't go on We used to have it all But now's our curtain call So hold for the applause oh, oh, oh. Like what you hear? Here's how you can let us know. Give us a call at 516-299-2626 or email us at info at wcwp.org. Like us at facebook.com slash mywcwp and leave a comment or tweet us at mywcwp. We welcome all kinds of feedback. To directly support the podcast you just enjoyed, leave a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you'd like to give back, visit WCWP.org and click the support tab. Thanks for listening from your friends at WCWP.